Hey Insiders, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to let you know that registration for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention is now open. Even though we won't be together in person, this interactive digital event will be taking place in January and will still bring the soccer coaching community together for a week of fantastic presenters, networking opportunities, socials, and more. To register, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Thanks a lot for United Soccer Coaches sponsoring us, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With he, me, you know him as the czar of the virtual background, the one and only Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini. The reason I went with you, Omar, first is because the next two people that we've got right here both have women's national team <laughs> goalkeeping experience. Uh, both have gold medals, I believe, for the Olympics, too, as well. Uh, the one and only Angel City co-owner, Suskia Weber, UCLA goalkeeper coach, 99 World Cup winner. And then this is an absolute treat for me because this this showcases not only how, how long uh, I've been doing a bad job in the game, uh, but how many people I've been coming in contact with my entire career who've done so many amazing things. Uh, the one and only Houston Dynamo goalkeeper coach, Paul Rogers. Paul, honestly, this is an honor, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. And, uh, and by the way, thank you for letting me know to not be scared of you anymore after 20 years. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, well, thanks for having us on, and there's definitely no reason to be scared. I don't know where that will come What are you from. scared about? Exactly. Well, well, Paul's an opposing figure, and uh, this when is I was why you, this is why this is why you played in. I, I can't yeah. even start. There's no, no fear. No, no I trust <laughs> me. And, and and if you watch Paul's videos, he talks about he talks about this right, and that that's the reason why I didn't get to a certain level. Um, no, no but fear thing, in goalkeeping. I will say this. Okay, the number one thing that happened with me with Paul back in the day is I was the first real legit goalkeeper camp I'd ever coached at, and uh, let's just say my striking was not up to par. And uh, I remember Paul walking by. At the time, I didn't know his dry sense of humor. And uh, some, <laughs> some of my shots weren't, weren't doing that great. And Paul walks by and he goes like, eh, if you can't strike a ball, you're not going to make a very good goalkeeper coach, are you? And then he just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing I know, I was like Omar Zini. I was at home. I was working on my, on my right foot, my left foot. I'm like, oh, I can't strike a ball if, uh, if, uh, if Paul Rogers says so. so um, hey, I will maybe- tell you something, Mike. I've yeah. never been a better striker of the ball since I become a goalkeeper coach. <laughs> I'm, I, it's like, it's amazing. I'm so much better than I was when I was a player. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my like, gosh. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I've it's, become like, it's, like a, it's like a striker's course for me. I go out there and, and uh, it's just, I think it was, I forget who it was, Mike. I think one of our guests was just like, yeah, as a coach, you need that you most likely need to have the final shot. Cause you want, you know what, you know what you're trying to get, uh, get at with the movements and all that stuff. So I've, I've definitely taken that to heart and my, my quads, my hamstrings, my everything has, has been sore, but I definitely have improved my left foot. It's not just to score anymore. I can actually slot it, put it where I want to do it. So it's good. Well, yes. uh, well, speaking of that, the, 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 our guest today has an absolute bullet for a shot. I mean, the guy literally, I think he, he took a shot on me and cause we had to do demos at camp. And I remember I was like, Oh, that's what a pro strikes a ball. Like, Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe this won't, this won't happen. Um, Paul, for some of the people out there who might not be kind of familiar with your journey and everything like that, uh, why don't you tell them a little bit kind of about your role at the Houston dynamo, your time with the national team and, uh, and about performance goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, obviously I've been with the dynamo now. I think I'm going into my sixth season, uh, 2015, 
I left the national team actually just before the, the 2015 World Cup in Canada. Um, came to the Dynamo, basically been here since since then. Head up the goalkeeping here, oversee the first team, RGV, which is the USL affiliate and the academy. Obviously, I've got some great goalkeeping coaches here with me. Um, obviously, Jason Grubb down in the academy and, and Ryan Coulter down at, at RGV, two great coaches. Uh, I've got Brenton Saylor, who's obviously been on the show with you guys as well, working with the NWSL team with a dash. So between the four of us, it's it's a pretty good group um, to have going. And then obviously work with the first team on a day-to-day basis. Uh, before that, as you said, I was with with the women's national team of the US uh, for six years, five years, six years, um, from 2009. I was with them. Uh, what, world, uh, what World Cup? Uh, Germany World Cup. Yeah, Germany World Cup 2011, <laughs> lost in the final on penalties. Uh, and then the 12 Olympics in London, which obviously we won. And before that, Canada um, in Beijing, which we lost to the US in the quarters um, in extra time. Devastating. That was a, that, you know, that game, to all my Canadian friends out there, <laughs> that was a great game to watch, period. And that was I, I'm never going to say I wasn't rooting for Canada, but you know, it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. It was, it was rough from a goalkeeping standpoint <laughs> because obviously Aaron McLeod did her ACL in that game. And, yeah. and Aaron had been fantastic. Obviously KK came in and, and had been fantastic obviously for Canada as well. So I had two quality goalkeepers with a squad and, you know, obviously ended up losing the game in extra time. But I think my, one of my first games for, for the US might have been against Canada. It was a bit weird. Yeah, um, I always yeah. tease them about that. So it's yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, That's funny. Before, you guys have... For, oh, no. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I'm trying to think where I was before that. College. Florida State was where I was before that, before Canada, with Mark Kukorian. Um So, yeah, I've been around the block a little bit. That, that I mean, your, your guys' resumes, both of you guys, Suskia and Paul, I mean, your guys' resumes, like Omar and I, Omar's like, I have an Instagram channel. It's pretty popular. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, I've done comedy before. Um, no, but uh, you know, the amazing thing is, is that in regards to the Canada to the United States thing, I mean, you arguably got to work with two of the deepest goalkeeper pools in the world back to back. I mean, what, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everywhere I've been, I've been lucky. I've had good goalkeepers. You know, people will say, oh, you're, you're this coach or that coach. I mean, you're only as good as your players. Um, and I've been very lucky everywhere I've been, even in the college game, even go back to when I first started coaching back in England. Um, I've had good goalkeepers. If you have good goalkeepers, it makes things a lot easier. And I don't just mean good quality on the pitch, but goalkeepers that want to be better. And that's that's the key part. Um, all the way through the pools, both in Canada and obviously with the US. Um, they've, they've always wanted to be better in the same year at the Dynamo. You know, in, even obviously big Joe Willis, who who moved on to, to Nashville, just had a great season in the MLS um, with all the clean sheets he's had. Obviously, they lost last night. But I mean, what a season he's had. So you turn around and say they're great. You know, they're all great goalkeepers. So, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't argue when you've got people that want to play the position and want to do well at it. Uh, absolutely. Now, now speaking of the position, now let's kind of kind of move into this uh, into this topic right now. But basically, today's topic, guys, is going to be kind of um, organic starting positions. And there's been a big debate kind of in the goalkeeping world. And Paul, we, we were talking about it a little bit earlier in regards to a lot of people out there feel that, you know, the game has to be the realism, the realism, the realism. And, you know, you were talking a little bit off the air about how yes and no. Um, but maybe for some of the parents out there and younger coaches that might not know what we mean by an organic starting position versus kind of like a static starting position, kind of what do we mean by that? 
Yeah, I, I, and I'll probably go off topic here a little bit, but as I was saying there, I didn't know that was off air. I wasted all my best coaching moments there. Um, <laughs> should have recorded that. But yeah, I mean, you've, and listen, I, I want to make a, a statement before we get going. I do both. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and preach and say, oh, I do all this like new age training where we're always starting in this position or that position. Um, there's there's reasons, hopefully there's reasons to the madness for what everyone does. But you've got your, what I would call your atypical goalkeeping coaching where you're starting in a position which might not even be in a goal. You know, you've, you've got goalkeeping coaches that don't use goals at all in training um, that do stuff to the side. And then you've got, you know, sessions, exercises where you'll start maybe in the near post area. Then you've got exercises that you'll start top of the 18 um, on the penalty spot, um, five yards outside the box. And a lot of that depends on one, how your team session is. And are you doing just goalkeeping sessions versus are you doing goalkeeping sessions that's within a team session? Yeah. Because I'm sure if you're doing just goalkeeping sessions, like a camp, for example, a clinic, then you don't have field players. It's very different to obviously my everyday, my job where I might have the goalkeepers for whatever it may be that day, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then I'm going into the team session. And truthfully, a lot of what, when you talk about true starting position of the game will actually be the first thing they go into with the team. But I class that as my exercise. I'll give you an example, like a 3v2 exercise. So let's say, for instance, we do 3v2, attackers 3v2, ball starts with a goalkeeper. This is something Tab likes to do. So ball starts with a goalkeeper. He plays out a diagonal or a straight ball to one of the three, three attackers. So normal starting position, they're starting in a goal kick, spraying the ball out to a position, they would be, be playing it. Defenders start, say, top of the 18 or around that area where they would be. Now, that's a real position. They would be taking the goal kick. So they're starting at the six-yard line. Now, as soon as they play it, now their starting position obviously has to change and change at the right tempo. I'm not doing that in my session, so to speak, but I class that as my session because I'm stood there with them. And if they take the goal kick and stand there, well, now I'm coaching. You know, why aren't you following up? Why aren't you keeping the space and the, and the distance connected to the two defenders? And then you can start talking about communication, et cetera, et cetera. Then you've got, an when you talk about exercise, if you want to talk about just the goalkeeping environment, you might do a, I don't know, a through ball exercise where you do start the goalkeepers. Yeah, we do one um, fairly often. Four markers, they're probably anywhere between 12 and 16 yards out just saying an arc around the inside of the box. They start on one of those markers, visual verbal cue, they start moving backwards and then you're live. So instead of them moving down the line, coming towards the ball, they're now moving backwards. Now you've got decisions to make because obviously the space is behind you that you've got to protect. But depending on what their next action is, you might be coming forward or continuing backwards. Now, am I going to do that of a young goalkeeper? Yeah, we have done it with younger goal. When I say young, I'm talking 10. 10 year old yes but you're going to do it slightly different you might script it a bit that yes you've got to get back because you've got to teach them to protect the space behind then when you get that down how far back do they go because let me tell you a 10 year old is going to go to the goal line or in the goal um then when you've got them back where you need them to go then maybe you you start talking about okay but if the ball's only you know touched off the foot five six yards now you've got to come back forward etc but it doesn't mean that every exercise that we do we're starting in these advanced positions. You know, I, I told you I was just doing a session for, for Tasco down here and 
going through the video, the first exercise is us coming over hurdles and taking a low ball. Well, that's us coming from two yards off the line and finishing four yards off the line. Right. Yeah. But that's as basic as it comes. It's it's funny that you brought that up, Paul, in regards to your no your job isn't over because Saskia, that's one thing obviously at the, at the collegiate level with yourself and and Omar, I know you coach at the collegiate level as well too, but you're not coaching at UCLA, so we're going to use UCLA as the example uh, as as the higher level program right now. Uh, don't worry, I know I know you guys want you guys were in the national championship game for D two, okay? So I'm not going to slight you right there. Um, <laughs> But it is, it is true. Thank you, Paul, for bringing up the fact that your session is not over when you send the goalkeepers over with the team. Absolutely not. That part of your session still. And Saskia, I know you've been really huge with that at UCLA. With that. Absolutely not. It's, um, it's, it's 100% part of the session. And like Paul said, you're, you're with them. You're, you're standing with them. You're there. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? What's your decision-making here? Because you, you've set them up to go into the session with the team. You, it's not, okay, you know, no, it's, you're still coaching. You're still understanding why each individual goalkeeper makes the decisions that they make and, um, and have the discussion. It's not, it's not on the, it's not on the, head coach's hands at that point yeah yeah i, I, see I, I told taking- you and omar made fun of me like i'm like i'm behind them in the goal <laughs> and you're like oh god i'm like but i am like i'm like a lot of times i'm in the goal with them behind them like in the net because i want to see their angles i want to see their positioning and any goalkeeper coach that just like walks over to the side like i don't agree with that like you have to see the the how your goalkeepers are positioning themselves if they're making the right choices because training as a goalkeeper doesn't necessarily transition into like gameplay and there there is a disconnect with some goalkeepers there and you have to figure it out Omar, I see you taking a lot of notes right there. Uh, right now, anytime, any, anytime you have Paul on, you, know, you, you want to be taking notes. But one thing I actually do want to ask you, kind of Omar, because you did have Paul on uh, one of your IGs uh, uh, back in the summertime and everything like that. And one thing that's difficult for you as a private trainer is, like Paul was talking about earlier, it's like, okay, well, how do I replicate these starting positions when it's just me and them in isolation, you know? And, and what, what yeah. are some of the things you took from that? No, I think, you know, even kind of going back, I posted something on my YouTube channel a few days ago uh, with this conversation, actually, Mike, about, uh, you know, uh, Paul talked about starting positions and how not all the time, but sometimes you'll start from the middle of the goal, but more often than not, it's the 18 back, not to the goal line forward. Most likely we're moving back towards our line. We're in transition moments where we have to find our uh, one spatial awareness, dimensions of the goal, and then from there, communication. So you have so many different factors and variables. So understanding that and taking kind of that information the last few sessions that i've run um i've tried a lot more to okay you know what this is what i want to do for my drill but okay where is this coming from the game okay what's like the three or four moments as phil wadden told me once like what are the three or four moments uh happening prior to that actually you know uh, ball play getting played over the top okay maybe the goalkeeper starts 18 yards and then back so i started doing that a lot more and i think the goalkeepers have gotten more out of it but one of the notes that i have here is uh, for the younger goalkeepers that i've trained a lot of times i'm you know creating the setup and then I'm verbalizing what I want to, to have them get out of it. But a lot of the times I've noticed a lot of kids take what you hear, they run the drill and then their code, their parents tell me, Hey, you know, we worked on this during this, the session, but they didn't know what they were doing in a game. And that's one thing I'll ask everybody on the panel is just, I feel like there's a lot of times where I think me as, as a young coach, I overcoach too much and I try to explain it too much as a private trainer because I see them once every other week. So I'm trying to, to really give them all the information they need but they're not able to problem solve when I'm not there. 
So it's been difficult. So I'm trying to work through that where it's like, maybe instead of me telling you where this play is happening in a game, why don't you say, hey, what does the setup look like to you? And tell me what you think we're working on. If I have you starting here and the ball is coming from the right side, what do you think we're working on? And I feel like that's something that, you know, I, from my notes that I have here, I, I just kind of understand. It's like fluctuating between giving them the game plan and then having them verbalize to you what, they're, what they think the game plan is based on what they're seeing. No, that's what I meant by a disconnect. Like, is yeah. you know, you can do it in training, but is it connecting? Are they transitioning into play, into play with full team, into 11 v 11? Is what you're teaching, you know, when we do that repetitive and repetitive and repetitive, they get it, but is it actually translating? Like, are they getting it? Are they making that? Because you may might only have to make that decision once in a game that we just went over and went over and what, is it working? Are you seeing it? And that's 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 the most important part. I, I want to ask Paul right now because of the fact is that you you do both sides. You know, you you've got obviously performance goalkeeping where you, where you've got individual sessions as well too, and group sessions outside of a club environment, and then you also do have the club environment too. How do you in those individual sessions? How do you like Omar was talking about? Make sure there's not that disconnect, and make sure that everything you're doing there is translating to the game for them. Yeah, well, you've got a different level of goalkeepers as well. I mean, that that's the other part. You can't walk before you can run. So you're still talking about the first action. So if you talk about there, what Omar's saying, let's say you're talking about moving back. Well, your first action is still once you're in that position. So if they were never high, just say they never went high, just say they stuck themselves at six yards. Okay, so what would the action be at six yards, right? Then you've got to explain the next action. So if you were eight yards, what would the what would the action be? And you've still got to talk through what that action is. Otherwise, if you're just working on the positioning the whole time, you're never actually working on the action. And the action typically is what's going to happen. Now, eventually, you want to get to the positioning and the action. But yeah. what what's our job to start with is keeping the ball in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're going to do that the wrong way, but we've still got to know what we're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's that I would say is the difference for me from what we do at performance goal, what we're doing like on our Friday night sessions versus obviously what we're doing the first thing. The other part of it is you're breaking it down maybe away from the goal, the technical aspect. And then we do a lot of walkthrough stuff and explain it. You were talking about what's actually happening and ask them what's happening here. Use a pullback because it's always the best or the easiest way to do it, a pullback scenario. How many times do you do a pullback and you watch goalkeeping coaches do it? And I've done it as well. Do you move from just say a yard inside the post to the post as the person's about to do the pullback? But you, you wouldn't move from there because you shouldn't be there to start with. Where you should be is at about four or five yards, probably a little bit outside the post because the ball's come down the channel. And now you've got to make the decision, is the player going to penetrate towards you and then maybe you're going to have to confront them. Maybe you're not, et cetera. So for me, you've still got to do the action first. So I'd still put them on the post to start with. Have no movement. Okay, here's the action. Now put the movement in there and explain to them, so why are we asking you to do this movement? And see what they say. And some of them are just going to look at you like you got seven heads. But you've only got to get it through to one. And then eventually you get it through to two. And then eventually you get it through to three. But that could take a year. You're talking about yeah. a 10 to 10 to 14 year old. I mean, I'm not being funny. We got academy kids that they're not grasping it and they're 15, 16. They're getting trained five times a week and they're still not always grasping it. You know, and, and a pullback is always the easiest because 
there's so many movements within it because then you've got the action of the ball being pulled back across you and the decisions you have to make then of how do you deal with that? Because that's one where, you know, in the modern game, I hate using the word modern game, don't use it, don't use it, don't use it. In the game, how many now just want to go to this blocking shape when the ball's actually there to be won? Yeah. Right? And especially, you know, depending on the type of goalkeeper you've got, you know, typically I've got six foot three, six foot four, six foot five goalkeepers. You've only got to attack it with your hands and you're already seven and a half foot. Yeah, we've got so Saskia, this- Saskia's smiling because she's that, that, that that's how she that's how she thinks. See, see, now 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 I now now I see where there was a there was a little bit of a of a crossover in regards to the point of view from uh, those those old school days. Uh Saskia, that that's something that I know you've tried to stress with a lot of goalkeepers and 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 I know that's been I don't want to say it's a it, it's a struggle, but it's understanding the time and place from based on your position, based on what action you should go, whether you should go hands first, whether you should, whether you should make yourself big and go into a block, etc. Right. Because you know how I feel. Kids are so literal. Like, it's like, oh, we're going to train the K-save. <laughs> like, and now you're 10 yards away from somebody doing a K-save, which doesn't make any sense. Like, you have to, as a goalkeeper coach, train the situation because it, there's so many different decisions for different situations. Like, take Schmeichel today. Do I think he should have done a case, tried to do a K-save on that on that save against Fulham? Absolutely not. He was too far away from him. He slotted into the side netting. Like, with his size and his ability, I think he should have had his weight forward and try to make a regular save. He was, he was like, like seven yards away, you know? But he came rushing out. He tried to do, like, kick his leg out and stuff like that. Look, love Schmeichel, it's fine, you know? But, like, that's, like, indicative of the fact, like, you have to make different decisions in different situations. And you have to give those kids that that knowledge in their toolbox. Like, this isn't like, this is all I know, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know? No. And sometimes it works, and most of the times it doesn't. No, you have to make a decision as you're coming out, as, you, as you're dealing with the situation, moving side to side, crossing over your box. What's the situation that I'm dealing with at this moment? Yeah. You know, what does it call for? By the yeah. way, Omar, I, I, I think you love it. Go ahead, Omar. No, no, I kind of want to go back to uh, the point about the crossing. And I just kind of, like, no, no, <laughs> I, I could talk about that forever. But no, I think um, <laughs> what, 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 what Paul was saying is that, you know, very rarely are you going to start like right near the near post and then like move towards the near post. And then from there you get the cutback. So I had, I had a drill probably like last week and, uh, where you get a pass back on the other side of the goal, you swing it all the way across and that person can drive at you. And if they drive at you and they shoot, it's, it's done. Or they can lay it off for me, who's going to be, you know, serving the ball. And I had, you know, certain kids who were watching the kids prior to them. Every time I touched the ball towards the goal, they would step towards the near post. And okay, good. I'm coming towards the 18 yard box, which is good. Probably the, the likelihood of me lifting the ball over your head from probably eight, nine yards towards the touchline is going to be very, very minimal. You're probably going to do a good job of cutting that off. So then I said, okay, let me test something out. The next rep, I took a touch outside, further away from goal, and those same kids still kept coming towards the near post. So I stopped the draw. I said, why, why from the visual cue are you stepping towards the near post if I'm taking the touch further away from goal with the likelihood now is that I can serve it over your head? And one kid told me, oh, you know what? I saw, you know, I saw Paul do it the last rep, and I thought maybe that's what I was supposed to do. And I said, okay. Then I had someone else, the young goalkeeper, and I said, why were you doing it? 
And said, well, you know, I've, I've had situations where I feel like my athleticism, because I can jump higher, I can actually work backwards towards the goal and still get those balls that are going to go over my head. So that's why I actually kept stepping to the near post. So you get those kids, some kids, they see somebody else do it and they decide to do it themselves. And other kids actually have a reason of why they're choosing to, you know, uh, go deploy that technique. So again, it's just like you get different groups of people, not even within the same group sometimes. And it's good to feel like to have those groups where you have some kids who know what they're doing so they can kind of verbalize <laughs> and explain to the other kids. But at the same time, too, it's it's uh, what uh, Tim Dittmer one time told me. He said, instead of having one coach and five goalkeepers in a group of six, why don't you have five goalkeepers, five, uh, five goalkeeper coaches and one goalkeeper working? So I think that's super important as well when you when you work on starting positions and stuff like that is give the goal, give the goalkeepers you're working with, I think at a younger age as well, like opportunities to, to vocalize what they see and what they're learning. And they could surprise you every once in a while. I, I love, I love what you were just saying right there. And, and Paul, is that, is that something that you're kind of, kind of big on as well too, is kind of like, cause again, we're talking about creating autonomous goalkeepers is that making sure that the goalkeepers in the session as well are, are helping in the coaching process as well too. Yeah. I mean, whether it's coaching or just what they see, I mean, it's, you know, I've always used the analogy of funny enough, working with a national team and having a conversation with Shannon Box, right? And I'm having a conversation with her. I've never played in the middle of midfield. So why am I sitting telling her what to do? Why wouldn't I be asking her what she sees and then offer some solutions that I see? And then she can pick the one that she thinks works or she might turn around and go, no, I'm going to still do it my way because I think that's the best way. Like it's a, It's no different to your goalkeeping. Like they're the ones that are in there. It's it's same as when you do analysis, when you're doing your video, you can pause it. And a photo is a scary thing. Look at VAR right now. It's a scary thing because it's not video. It's a photo. So if I pause the video at the very right time and the foot's out the ground and they're not got it in in time. Okay. That's a photo. They might've been moving at however many you know meters a second. How are they going to get their foot in the ground? And then I'm going to say their technique's wrong. I mean, that's impossible. So you've got to get their feedback, one on what they see, what you know, two on what they feel, and then maybe some other stuff they've been told along the way. Um, this year with the the three keepers I've had here, the, the, most of the time, obviously, Marco Maric is, you know, had a different upbringing. Obviously, Cody's had a different upbringing. And then we've got Michael, who's really had me. So you've got three different views plus mine. You know, at the end of it, we've got to come to a, an agreement on what we think's best. And, you know, luckily they trust in, in what I say and, and we film a lot of the, you know, the training sessions to go through. But there's oftentimes I'll come back and I'll go, you know what, lads, I said this, I've gone back and watched the video, scratch it. We need to look at it this way because, you know, maybe something I thought, I'll use foot out of the ground because it's just a black and white one. You know, I was saying your foot was out of the ground there, your balance wasn't right, when actually there's no way you could have got your foot back in the ground because you were still you were still moving for whatever reason. So you have to listen to what they've got to say. I don't mean they're right either. I mean, at the end of it, they're football players, you know, but we're all, if you're all trying to get to the same common goal, you'll, you'll find the common area. Yeah. yeah. Mike, sorry, can I just add one more point to that? I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I, most of us have used, you know, video footage. I have an iPad out there and I show in private sessions, but in group sessions, I'll show them. I don't think you use any fact. video footage whatsoever. <laughs> on there. I, I've never seen a session of yours on, on video. <laughs> no, but to, to Paul's point, I feel like, again, as, as a young coach coming in, trying to prove to the older kids or professional players that I, that I do train in the off season, it's like, you can oh you can prove whatever you want slowing down footage. You can always you can always 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 prove you want to say yeah your foot didn't get into the ground and like you know you can just kind of prove whatever you want. So I think 
for any coaches like that, like, you know, the grain of salt, but context is super, super important when you watch footage, especially on the pros. And I've learned that myself where I've criticized the hair, criticize somebody. And then somebody will you know, DM me and be like, Hey, it's easier for you to say, but can you consider this as well? And then like, they tell me to consider something new. I go, Oh my God, you're right. They're playing against the best players who, you know, Messi's can easily chip them, slot them, put it between their legs. So now they're having to focus on three different variables within that save. So yeah, the last thing they're probably worried about is getting their foot into the ground and then sweeping their foot. You know what I mean? So like, just, it's super important to take videos with a grain of salt, but more so the play and the seconds prior to the final action. And I think that's kind of to, to, to the topic that we're trying to work on today is the final action is important, but what are the movements and the little things, whether it's communication, you know, I have a taller goalkeeper that I'm working with right now. He doesn't know how to keep his hips low. He runs across the goal super upright. And as the shot comes, he drops his hips. And then by that point, his legs are rooted into the ground. So it's just like looking at those few seconds prior and then, you know, kind of chopping it up for them to understand, okay, it's not just the final action that we're worried about. We're talking about the movement prior and how can we really maximize that and optimize that to make yourself, uh, put yourself in the best position to make those saves. Omar, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to bring it up with the Saskia right now, obviously, is that, you know, one of the big things that we've always talked about is, is attributes, right? The attributes and the profile of the goalkeeper. And one of the, one of the things that you've seen in the past is where a lot of goalkeepers trying to mimic the other goal, another goalkeeper, on the squad and trying to do things the way they do things when they have a completely different profile. So their starting position needs to be different there, but they'll, they'll be like, Oh yeah, but a coach told me you're always supposed to be here. Always. I thought see, I hate that always word. I hate that always word. And I, I don't know about you. Sask. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about that. Like you have to take each goalkeeper individually. Um, you know, E is, is five, five. You know, Kelly's six feet tall. Like, you know, starting positions are going to be different. The way you handle things are going to be different. Um, you know, uh, your strengths and weaknesses. And so you, it's not just cookie cutter. It's not just, here, everybody do my drill. This is how you're supposed to be. This is your positioning. This is where it's supposed to be. And, you know, you're supposed to be this far off the near post in this situation, or you're supposed to be here on a cross. And so it doesn't work that way. Every single goalkeeper is different. Their size, their strengths, their weaknesses and stuff like that. And, and you know, if you can't handle four keepers and training them, to their specifics, you know, sorry, find another job. So, I mean, I, you have to, you have to break it down, you know, to maximize their talent, to maximize their athleticism and everything, they're individuals. You don't look, you don't have, you know, we're not talking about systems. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about 30 players I'm talking about four, maybe, you know, and figure out their strengths and weaknesses and work on their weaknesses but it's not, you can't go into something saying, this is how it is. This is the angle. This is where you're supposed to be. This is, it's, it's a gray area. Some yeah. people handle it differently. Some people can cover the near post from further tucked in. Some people have to be closer to near post. Some mm -hmm. people, you know, and you got to be able to identify that as a coach and, and work on that. And so oh, that's something I, go ahead, Omar. No, no, I kind of want to add to what you just said. I actually, I trained this kid uh, last summer. He was on the Real Salt Lake Academy. So I'm like, okay, you know, he has, you know, he's going to be very, very good. And uh, throughout the session, I started noticing that he would cheat extremely, extremely to his far <laughs> post. And I would say, why, why are you, why are you moving so far to your far post? He's like, well, my coach always tells me, and I keep getting beat on my far post. So I'm just going to leave the near post open because I'm much better coming towards the goal than going away from it. And I said, well, that's, that's super interesting. You're also like six foot five. So like, I feel like if you kind of, 
maybe, you know, worked on, you know, foot saves or worked on certain movements where you can put yourself in a better position from the angle to utilize your size, that'd be better. It's like, well, I think I'm just going to probably like just stay more to the near the far post. <laughs> I just feel more, I feel more comfortable going to the near post. And I was like, okay. Like in my head, I'm just like, okay, if whatever you feel comfortable with to conceptualize the best save possible, go for it, go for it. But in my opinion, again, everybody has their, their way of doing things. And as, as coaches, that's something that I've kind of want to throw again to the panel. I'm like, I know we're going off topic here, but I have a young kid that I've been working with. She's really, really good. And the technical side of things is not there yet, but as a goalkeeper and just stepping into goal and making saves, unbelievable. But I'm like, do I take a step back and push her to reality of like, look, these way you're making saves is great. But in two or three years, when you're going up against people who not only can make saves, but are doing it the right way or not mm-hmm. the right way, but like, you know, the, the way that, I guess, uh, visually, it looks more appetizing as a goalkeeper coach. You'd be like, okay, this person was trained, right? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, is she that. having to make those saves because of positioning? Like, you have to back it up. Like, why, you know, are you a shot stopper because your positioning's off or because of this? Not that your position, not that I'm the guru on positioning, but let's figure that out. Like, why do you have to make all these saves? Like, we all know that we don't, you know, if we do things properly in a, in a context, then we don't have to, like, you know end up you know in a you know in rehab the rest of our lives yeah but but, you know and my point being and you know I I you know I have certain people that I feel have been taught and I've seen it at the highest level watching your posts watching your posts watching your posts like and it's obvious to me that whoever like from their education is just like that's the most important thing you're near post don't get near post well at the certain level that they're at they're leaving their far posts incredibly open. And at that level, at a world level, they're getting tucked in all the time far posts because why yeah. the, the forwards that they're coming up against can do it. So, yeah. so do we fix their positioning and say, you are, you can't save a ball that's a yard away from you going to the near post. So you're hugging your near post and leaving that much open at your far post because you think that the talent against you can't score there, well, guess what they can? Here's a reality check. So now we have to fix your positioning and make you better at your near post, make you quicker so that yeah. you aren't giving up your far post. And those are that's another level of coaching, I'm sorry. It's not yeah. just, hey kids, watch your near post. You know what? That's funny. What's funny right there is like, by the way, the SOS with the with the trash can trucks going you like by. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought they were just like they're like really emphasizing what you were trying to say. They're like, yeah. hey, everyone needs to that's hear this part of the podcast. <laughs> um, but my, but uh, I, I no, I, I want to ask Paul this though, Omar, if you don't mind. I'm gonna inter- sure, I'm gonna interrupt sure. you for a second because you know how often do we have Paul on? Um, is that uh one of the big things for me as as I've gotten older as a goalkeeper coach is I've found cones have become the bane were the bane of my existence for the longest time because because kids get so like Suska, you talk about how literal kids get. Here's where we start. Cool, because this cone's right here. There are no cones on the field. The movement of the ball determines your start, starting position and how you move throughout throughout your area, right, Paul? So how do we get kids to stop looking for cones and stop looking how to move in patterns and more start recognizing the movement of the ball? Yeah, just tell them to look at a ball. I mean, that, that's <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an every it's an everything. It's not a that doesn't change. I mean, you can go all the way and look at any pro session around the world, kids sessions, all the same. You're always going to get them glancing down, but you've, you know, telling them to have their eye on the ball, wherever the ball's coming from and to the whole time is, is key. And obviously doing exercises without them. 
you know, for me, I'm a big proponent of equipment, but I'm also a proponent of not having equipment. You've, you've got to be able to do both. A lot of the stuff we do in the goal, I'm, when I say in the goal, I mean in the goal, in the six, in the 18, there'll be a start point, which will be a flat marker, but it won't necessarily be a slew of cones. A lot of that stuff will be done. What well, It's still in a goal and still has a six-yard box, but it won't typically be in the 18-yard box just because of, of how our fields are. I'm a, by the way, I'm a big proponent of always having a six-yard box, always. No, like I 100% agree. I was going to say that. I, it, the best thing a goalkeeper can do is have a lined box, period, yeah. because you're learning your, you're learning your angles and everything on your peripheral and knowing where your posts are, knowing where the six box is, knowing where the corners of that are, knowing where the corners of the 18, knowing where the 12 marker is, like everything like that. That is so important for goalkeeper training and it, it, it irritates me when people are like, oh, you know, just, you know, go over there, train your keepers. And then coming back in club and some, and then we're like, why don't they understand where they are? Maybe because we never train in the box. And maybe because the kids don't see the lines for their peripheral, understand that. It's so important. It's so important. And I agree with you 100%, Paul, like a, at least a six yard box. Go ahead. Well, yeah, for me, me at the club, we don't, the problem is, is the space, as crazy as it sounds, at a professional football club. Um, we actually only have one first team pitch. So what we've done is lined on the outside of it to maintain sixes everywhere. But you should, I mean, how you cannot have a goalkeeping area in this day and age is beyond me. And you know um, what? I asked our club before I'm not with them anymore. I said, can we just, you know, that space over there, can you just make me a six yard box? Can you just make me like a little six yard box so I can put a goal there so I can train the keepers. And you got to buy like, spray paint. I, I know. I was like, that's what I was about to do. It was like, it was asking for like, I don't know, the second coming. I have no idea. Hmm. It didn't happen. And I was just like, uh, yeah, at least you have six yard boxes. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I am going to say this right now for any of the younger goalkeeper coaches out there who are listening to this. It, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. You can't expect or assume that a club is going to provide you the right dimensions. You've got to ask for that. And the thing is, if you keep training your goalkeepers in isolation in areas that are unrealistic to the game and never give them the proper dimensions, and then they go into games and they don't understand how to move and they don't understand their positioning, that's on you too. You know, I mean, Paul, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, but that was my Paul Rogers type moment where I was trying to be very adamant about something and, uh, and, 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 and disciplined. Yeah, I mean, you have to stand up for what you believe in. I mean, it doesn't, you know, same as coaches you want or players you want. I mean, it's, you know, at the end of it, you're a, you're a professional coach. It's your livelihood. So you need certain things. You know, it's it's like having, even as a youth coach, if, say, a college coach, you know, I remember my first college uh, college job. I'm like, hang on, we're not using the same balls we use in a game. Yet you want to do distribution. Well, I need to, I need the same ball. I mean, you don't have a different ball. I want the exact same ball that we're playing with game in, game out. And if we change ball, I want to change ball in training. Like they're the little things that are important because the flight of the ball changes how you strike. You know, you're using a Nike ball versus an Adidas ball. They're two different balls. You know, you throw into the mix. Of, I don't know what you use in college now. I've seen Wilson, which is dangerous. But you start <laughs> throwing in balls that are like that. It's It's different you know, when you're striking or, or taking a ball or, or whatever. So it, all those things you've got to fight for. And, you know, it's typical even in, in the pro game, goalkeeping is an afterthought until it's a problem and you're conceding goals. Yeah. Simple as that. You know? Look, <laughs> 100%. Well, look at Liverpool. Look at Liverpool is the best example. 
Klopp comes in. We need a, we need a guy you know, after the Champions League stuff or whatever, which is you know it's harsh to I'm mean, gonna blame it on one player, but we need a world class goalkeeper if we want to compete. And they went and got Allison and voila, yeah, yeah. you're I competing. Mean, I mean, no, no, I think I I I mean I know since we have Paul on, I've I've had these questions in the last few sessions of of training young kids who are extremely extremely good, not to my doing, they're just really really good goalkeepers and they have a very like natural feel for the game. And I've just kind of felt, you know, certain things that I want to isolate, not isolate, but like, you know, they're making a save at the angle and they're, you know, it's like a a smother save, easy, easy scoop, but they feel comfortable killing it. Or uh, on one V ones, instead of coming out and staying big, they come out and and jump at the ball, but they're effective, they're effective at it because they see the visual cues and the triggers. So I'm, I'm kind of caught now as a coach where I have, I have my question here said if, if a young if a young goalkeeper has a natural feel for the game and then coaching optimal technique into them is they're showing some discouragement what's the best way to go about that because I, I don't know if I'm supposed to just let them be them because that's naturally they're they're so gifted and they, they read the game so well and they make saves that nobody else can save so like I know Paul you and, and I think Jack Stern mentioned to me and even Tim Dimmer of like you're looking for that special quality at a young age the technical stuff everything will come but the, the special attribute can they make that big save that a team needs throughout the game to you know secure three points so for me as a young coach do I just allow them to be themselves and then coach around that or do I kind of foreshadow certain things that could potentially become issues if I don't coach it now so if you coached Peter Schmeichel what would you have done with him I mean, I have to see him on a day-to-day basis but I, I would probably be like look you're huge you're a big dude just use your body go for it because I mean, technique was a, it was different, right? Oh, very different. You know, if you if you compare like him to a Van der Sar, I mean, you're talking two ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. So that's that's the benefit. Obviously, if you, one of your kids is Peter Schmeichel, by all means, give me a phone call after this. Um, <laughs> but this this but that's the question: is is how how effective are they? Doesn't mean you can't. I don't want to say change it, but can you work with it? Right? There's certain okay. things. Can you work with now? If they're catching, you know, with one hand on the side of their head, the ball, I mean, obviously, then that's probably not going to work long term. But if they're doing certain things where you're like, okay, it's you're getting away with it now and it's effective now. But as the pace of the game gets quicker or the physicality of the players gets better, is that going to affect it? And as a coach, you've got to make that decision, right? Is, it, is that going to change as, as the game changes for whatever part of the game changes for those kids? Yeah. Yeah, and I think then, uh, then you'd okay, look okay, at it. Okay. No, but then then you'd look at it and say, okay, can I start introducing another option for them? And instead of forcing it down their throat, be like, look, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? You know, I mean, I yeah. I give you an example. The the boy Marco, who we had in, one thing I noticed early when when I was looking at him, um, he just dealt with balls by his feet very strangely. I felt like it it, it was just weird. I can't tell you why, but I wasn't totally happy with how they stuck. I felt it was more luck than quality. Mm. And mm. when 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 I met him in person, there was a lot of quality there. It wasn't as bad as maybe I thought. But then when when you work on it, you realize, well, probably he's not done as much as what we do. And now I look at it after one season and he's handling around his feet. It's exceptional. Mm. And you're like, well, there was no big deal. 
It was just a case of putting it in there. And I didn't go and say, you've got to change this. I mean, I felt he picked the ball up very tight to his feet. I thought he could have got his hands down there earlier. His mm-hmm. eyes could have been better on the ball, blah, 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 blah. But when I look at it now, it wasn't a case of changing anything. It was just a case of doing more of it. Mm. And it just got better. It just, it, it, organically, it just got there. You know, now, is it still different to how Michael takes it or Cody takes it or whatever? Mm. Of course it is. But I would say he's more than effective in, a, in something that's a simple yeah. technique. Yeah, no, yeah. I, like, when I like to, like, I like to say, like, look, like I said, it's a gray area. Let's find what you're strong at and let's, let's amp it up and highlight it. It might be different than what somebody else is. And it might be a different technique. It's fine. I also let them know, like, hey, you didn't save the ball to hit you with the ball. So let's make a difference. I wasn't a save. The forward screwed up and hit you with the ball. Because I don't want to, you know, there's certain things that, yeah, it's fundamentally wrong. And, you know, people, you know, you get the players on the side like, oh, great save, great save. And you're like, no, no. Like, so-and-so, Sasha just hit her with the ball. Like, everything that happened there was wrong on both ends. Like, let's let's make a differentiation here. Because when you yeah. get to a higher level, which is where you want to go, that's not going to happen. You're going to get punished for it. You happen to make the save off your foot or off your knee or off something like that as you're moving forward when you're supposed to slow down or you're supposed to set and you didn't. And you keep running at the ball and it hits you and it's not a save in my mind. And so, you know, I think that I like highlighting everybody's strengths and I am not the person to tell them you know, you do a side volley instead of a drop kick or something like that. Whatever it is that you're good at, perfect it, period. And we'll work yeah. I, I think something, Saskia, that, you know, that Paul brought up that was actually really good because I think you had this similar situation. I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but we always do, um, oh, is, the, is the fact that um, just because somebody isn't great at something doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad at it. It just it might mean they haven't had enough reps. You have a goalkeeper right now. Uh, let's just say who maybe didn't put the time back in the day, you know, on their, on their long form distribution, on their short form touches, you know, playing out of the back and everything like that. And they're phenomenal now just because they've been doing the reps for phenomenal, like phenomenal, like ridiculous, like the best I've ever seen. And because they took the time and put the reps in over the past year and a half before I was even there. And it's, I, yeah, Hey, go knock that can of Coke off the top of that fence from 40 yards. Okay. You know, like it's not that that's a drill. Um, like, don't write that down, people. Um, like, Omar, was, Omar was about to start writing that down. <laughs> it's just an example of. I've done it. Yeah, she put the time in. She put the time in. An unbelievable work ethic and unbelievable focus. And like I said, that came from her previous coach. And like I reinstilled that in her because um, it, it's unbelievable where she was and what she is now. But that take that took. And she has stuff that I've never seen anybody do before. She instead, I don't even know, we have to name it after her, like a a certain kind of a kick and stuff like that. But it's so effective, but it's her and it's her thing and it works. And and, And it's not something where I expect the other three goalkeepers to do it. And I told them that I was like, this is her thing, like she can do that. You know, you perfect the same distribution in a different way that's strong for your point, you know, like figure it out. She figured this out. That's her thing. I'm not looking at you saying, why aren't you doing this that way? Just like her. I'm saying, figure it out, perfect your way to make it as effective as you can. There are multiple ways to do this situation. 
make make your way perfect. Period. Well, I mean, I mean, ultimately, Paul, don't we kind of at first need to let athletes be athletes first and foremost? You know. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to see what they can do. I mean, it's yeah. with any with any kid. I mean, you've got to see where they're at, and then you've you've got to work with what they've got, and then obviously you try and tune things in. You know, I mean, there's been a quote recently. Um, I don't know who said it, but it's like, you know, talent will take you to 16, but hard work will take you beyond, uh-huh. you know? So it's it, what they've got is going to take them to there. And then you've got to, you've got to do the hard work from there, which will tune those, those bits and pieces up. Um, and obviously other areas of the, the sport of whatever they're in. I think yeah. on the question you asked Paul is that for me with younger goalkeepers, they get so wrapped up in the, in, Okay, I'm supposed to go and uh, like, okay, here's a dumb example. All right, shuffling. <laughs> You're not going to shuffle 15 yards. Who the hell shuffles 15 yards? You know what I mean? By the time you get there, it's halftime. So it's like, just be an athlete, just get there. You know, and your last step into your positioning is a shuffle. Like, like think about it. Like, and I tell my kids, just get there, be an athlete. You're an athlete, just run there, just get there. You know, yeah. and then then get yourself into position. But because I told you again, literal, because I told you the drill was this, it's not shuffle, 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 shuffle. Like it's like, come on, yeah. think. You know, be an athlete. I tell my kids that all the time. Be an athlete. Just be an athlete, and we'll work on the rest. What a quote that I heard recently on on a, one of these shows, like a sports show. They were talking about uh, one of the football players, and you know Carson Wentz, who's having a rough time in Philly right now. And they're talking about like, uh, they use a quote, they said in football, sometimes coaches, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And I think that is where I'm like in between as a goalkeeper coach, where I'm right in between those, where I'm like, I'm allowing it to happen because I want you to experiment and just figure out your own voice and figure out what you want to do. But at the same time, I'm also teetering that line of like, "Eh, I need to coach that a little bit and then fine tune a little bit more. So I don't know, Paul, do you feel like that is probably the epitome of coaching is you're either coaching it, you're allowing it to happen, walking that fine line. Yeah, I mean that, and that's the part that's coaching, right? That's teaching. Is you're you're looking for an outcome, and then you're working backwards from the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't make the picture in your head and try and work forward to it. You've got to you've got to go backwards from where you're trying to get to, and you know that's going to change. That pro- that process will change as the end product keeps changing. You know, you're not just going to say, okay, now they're technically proficient at this we're going to stop working on it i mean we always say to the goalkeepers let's say you're working on your deceleration into a set right that will become real good for whatever six months and now you've your focus might shift somewhere else but in six months time that deceleration into your set is going to drop off again and you've got to work on it again that's goalkeeping Mm. it's up it's down it's up it's down it's up it's down you know coming for crosses my timing was fantastic but I wasn't keeping hold of stuff that was tight into the body. And then all of a sudden you're keeping hold of everything that's into the body and hmm. crosses are the drifting over the top of your head. It's, yeah. it's goalkeeping. <laughs> and that's, that's the hard part. And that's why going back to, to funny enough, the topic and, or not the topic, but training in general is it's why you can't leave technical training behind or the repetition, even if you don't want to call it technical training, it's why you can't leave repetition behind, but you also can't just do repetition. Because then there's not the balance of getting to the reality of the game. And and going back on that, not to kind of transition back into the reality of the game, the question that gets asked to me a lot is, well, when we watch you do training, you're, it doesn't look like the game. 
what part of the game do you know that I'm working on? Because the reality of the game could be the pace of the ball. It could be the type of movement you're doing, which for me is one of the biggest ones. It's funny you brought that up just then, Saskia, about the shuffling, is how do we move in certain instances? Or do we move? Right. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're better not moving. And just saying, well, okay, I'm out of position, but I'm stationary. So I can actually move when the action happens. Or if you're talking about the the positioning in relation to the game, you know, what's the first movement typically when the ball turns over or, or the transition happens is I'm going to move as quick as I can backwards. Well, is that the right decision? Probably not. The right decision is probably to hold for half a second and actually analyze what's going on. No different to a cross, right? Is don't just start shifting your feet until you see what's happening. Right. So all those things can be done in a static exercise as well. But now instead of the big movement, it might be the small movement. Like deceleration for me is a massive one. I mean, you talk about one, 1v1s is a great one. How many times do you maybe get away of a save because the ball does hit you or not get away of it because you're just running? You know, or the shape you can make is limited and you can turn around and go, well, that's technically the wrong save. Well, they have no choice. They're running. So when you're running, you have no choice of what save to make. You're going to have one choice and that's going to be step your foot out and hope it hits you. Um, so how you move and, and they, those things can be done in all exercises. You might have the most basic exercise, simple exercise. We, we do a game. Well, it's a game to me. I don't know if it's a game to the goalkeepers, but call it perfection. <laughs> Right. Call it perfection. And it's at the end. We do it at the end of some training. And it's so, so basic. Basically, there's, there's four flat markers in varied positions, depending on the day, depending on how I feel, whatever's going on. And basically, there's rules to the game. It might be you've got to get three catches. It might be you've got to get three saves. But I determine if they're good saves. Mm -hmm. This is where it becomes maybe not such a good game for them. Um, <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, no, it's but, my choice. <laughs> but the, the movement might be they start on the disc and they're dropping in. The movement might be they've got to go to the, the, the flat marker and hold. So there's two commands. There's the color or whichever, whatever inside. And then there's a second shell. Now the strike might come from three yards away at full pace, but I'm expecting them to try and catch it. And it's now becomes a mental game, but it also becomes a movement game. And it also becomes a fatigue game. So there's all these parts, a part of the game. And I did it with the academy kids the other day. And they'd had a great session, the academy kids. And I felt bad at the end for about 10 seconds. They'd had a really good, they'd a really good session. And we did it. I thought, I'm going to do it at the end. And they crumbled. They went down like a deck of cards. <laughs> because they couldn't do it in three. And I wasn't at three yards. I was like six yards away. But because they couldn't do it in the three that was given to them, some of them it was taking nine or 10, they were, they, they were losing their mind. And I'm like, you're just dominoes now. You're just gone. You're mentally just, uh, just absolutely shrunk. And that's, and that's another part. I mean, it ended up like I felt bad and it wasn't, that wasn't what it was for. It was for, it was for the movement at the end of the session. Like it's the end of the game. And you're only talking three actions, which came nine actions. Um, but something as simple as that, if you came to watch that from outside the fence, you'd be like, why do they pay this man to coach goalkeepers? Because you have no idea what I'm actually doing or what we're talking about. Yet you, if you watch it with the first team for the 10th, 20th time we've done it or a different way we've done it, there's some stuff they pull off where you're like, that's why they're doing it. 
Because now instead of trying to block something, they're looking at their body shape. They're looking at their deceleration. The catch is an end product. The save is an end product, whatever. If it goes in or not, I actually, I'm not that fussed. But the what we, what you end up working on is something within it. And it's that's that's as simple as something can be. Then there's complex exercises where there's four movements, three moving balls, and you know, two runners, and there's all these actions involved. But they're all realistic to the game in a certain way. But maybe not to the naked eye when they're like, yeah, but you're just standing four yards away from him smashing a ball out. That doesn't happen in a game. Maybe not. But the movement of the ball does. The movement of them does. I, I just love, I love what you just said right there, Paul. I mean, I'm one, one of the things I'm thinking about here too, and I don't know if Saskia's writing this down, is like, okay, come January when we come back from winter break, I'm just going to hit balls from three yards at the goalkeepers. <laughs> uh, Omar's, that do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also the, I love what you said in regards to the mental aspect is like sometimes put, maybe putting a goalkeeper in a situation where they can't succeed, like, or it's going to be very difficult for them to succeed. And how can they overcome that? How can they tr- test themselves to get past their comfort zone? You know, instead of having a 10-year-old or 11-year-old tell you, I can't catch that, I can't catch that, I can't catch that. You know, you want that 10-year-old who's going to challenge themselves, even if it's maybe impossible for them to do it, you know? Um, I don't, think I, would, I, I don't think I would do anything that's impossible. I mean, you, okay. you, you've, got to, you've got to set them up for success. Okay. Um, but we actually just had it at, uh, at one of the PGK sessions. A, a young girl was we were doing servicing she was like i can't do that meaning the service and that i lose my mind when they say that because i mean she was i think she was 14 years old and i'm like whoa, 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 you can't kick a ball what, what, what are you going about it like i i just struggle i obviously i struggled with you as a grown man not being able to do it but i struggle with players that can't kick a ball. like i don't understand you're a football player uh-huh. you can't kick a ball. so you know i just pulled her aside and i said look it's dead easy but you because you're you're fearing the process you're fearing looking silly i said but it's there's nothing to fear and by the end of the session by no means am i telling you she was pinging it around the field but she has more confidence to do it but you've just got to show it and let it calm down yeah but you can't you can't do it where it's something so impossible you know i'm saying that kk said the same thing when we had KK on, like Karina, she she was just like, you've got to allow it, you know, and we get into all those young goalkeeper coaches and young field player coaches watching right now or anybody like you, you know, how many of those kids we get to, uh, why aren't you taking your goal kicks? Well, because Paul takes a goal kick better than I do. And that's what my coach said. And so what's more important here, development or, you know, that Brian takes a goal kick better than Pete? You know, like, how's Pete going to get better? And all you've done is, like, put that negativity on him. Like, let it let it happen. You know, I mean, I'm glad, glad you brought that up, Saskia, because, you know, Omar, I know that's something that you've had in regards to, and obviously, Paul, you know, you, you have this consistently with, with your academy and everything. But but Omar, especially with the, the, just the one-on-one instruction consistently, when you have people fly in from, I don't know, you know, Madagascar to come train with you, um, <laughs> is they'll uh, – is they'll <laughs> – you know, is that they'll come into an environment and they're concerned about what you'll think of their ability in something. So they'll ask you to alter the exercise because they don't want to look bad in front of you as opposed to really trying to 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 challenge themselves and, and, and try something different. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, whenever you 
train for me at least that people will come from whenever they're, they're coming to california to, to vacation they want to get a session in i think after like the first 10 15 minutes you could tell like we both want to showcase that i'm a good coach and they're good goalkeepers and after like the first 10 15 minutes we kind of go all right let's decompress a little bit let's just kind of play like what you know how we would how we would coach how we would play regularly and not try to impress anybody and i think after those 10 15 minutes it's good and the only time i've ever had any goalkeepers ask to change anything is when we do, let's say it's a group of four and, you know, three of those people are, we're doing like 1v1s or situations where like, you know, Paul was talking about earlier, 3v2 and stuff like that, where it's a rough surface and I play them the ball and the ball keeps getting under their feet and like, hey, can I not be the person who shoots this ball or can I be the one who passes it? And I'm just like, I think at first I would have caved and I would have said, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't want to, I don't want you to mess up a session for Mike and Paul and Saskia. Let's go ahead and make sure that they, they get their reps as well. I think, Saskia, I think I spoke to you on, on the podcast mm-hmm. and you were just like, but w- uh, even I think it was Joe Lloyden as well. Like, use that as pressure training. Yeah, they Absolutely. can't figure the pass out. But again, that's that's the tough part, the psychological side of things. Yeah, I know, it's because the, it's like, is it supposed to be a perfect session? Well, perfect session. And they they come to me once, not every single day, right? So that's something I right. can see over a span of a few days. You'd be like, yeah, we can work on this. Monday was much worse. Friday is a lot better. But if I only get you for one session, you're coming in and, and for them, their experience is their experience. I want them to be great. They come in and then, you know, they kind of, okay, well, shoot, that kind of sucked. I was terrible with my feet. I think I messed up the practice, but it's like, right, I'm kind of over that now where I'm like, you, you know what? Ter- that's the, guess what? Exactly. You were terrible at your feet, with your feet yeah. to figure it out because yeah. that's important. It's, it's the like, reality too. Yeah. Even, even, even if you think Allow about strikers as well. You know, for example, like I had a session a few days ago where it, I hit a through ball, it hit a mannequin and then everyone stopped. And then I went towards the mannequin. I touched the ball around the mannequin and I shot and I scored. The goalkeeper was like, well, like that wouldn't happen. Like the, That's the, the ball stopped. Say. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what do you think happens when your, your defender intercepts the ball slips or something happens and the ball still alive? Like I you love need that to understand. That's what it is though. I think uh, Paul, I think you became famous on my podcast, by the way. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when you, <laughs> when you, when you said, I think I even have it on my, my YouTube, when you said, uh, you know, the last rep needs to be a good rep does not exist in my book and you say, I you you say that, that all the time omar yeah well, well no and i copied got it from paul you got it from paul well you brought it you brought it up before <laughs> yeah and 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 a few you know coaches were at that messaging me were like oh my god that's that's a an idea that i never conceptualized that's such a smart thing for him to do like i thought i had to end the practice where their confidence was running high i'm like well if you listen back to the podcast don't take it you know out of context paul said yeah if the goalkeeper wants to get another rep and you know we we he has a game of the weekend we're gonna make sure they're confident but but if we have scenarios in training where we want pressure training add to the context that the session looks like we're not going to be okay with the ball going through your legs on the fifth rep out of the fifth rep we're gonna let it happen. You're going to have to think about it. And now it's another, that's another layer of coaching where it's like, think about it for the rest of the day. Think about it till tomorrow and let's see how you bounce back. If you don't bounce back and you don't know how to handle that pressure, what's going to happen if I put you in, you know, in a 90 minute game where we're in the playoffs, we have to beat the galaxy, which never happens, but we have to be the galaxy. And, you know, we, we're expecting you to not be, you know, somebody who falls under pressure. No, so it's, it's important. Funny. All it's that. It's funny because before I go, Omar and Paul, I guess I'll give you credit. Sorry, Omar, I'm taking all the credit away from you. But I do that. <laughs> and like, okay. I do that as well now because, you know, you know, keepers, they'll be like, oh, coach, one more, one more, one more. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, switch it up. Nope. You know, and I'm like, you might have another set or something. So like, you have another yeah. set, but no, you can't have another one. Sorry. Think about it. You know? And a lot of that comes from two ways though, is, one is everything's counted. That's the other thing for me is if we're doing four reps, five reps, six reps, and it's on, you know, 
obviously we're in the, the G7, so everything's counted anyway. Every impact in the ground, every jump, every dive, every... So all of a sudden, if I get that back at the end of the day and it's like 480, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because someone's asked for one more rep, it's, you know, there's, there's an issue to it as well. But so it, it works twofold. But you're right. If you just say it out loud, people are like, oh, he's, he's out of order. He just wants to, to bury them. And it does. It starts to sound that way. And this is what I'm saying with goalkeeping coaching and people taking stuff out of context. Well, he says he does things realistically. And then they come and they see one exercise and they're like, that doesn't look realistic. Huh. And you're like, yeah, yeah because you've, you're not you're not understanding the whole package of what a week a month a season is and that's the important part and, and uh, Mike you were saying about how do you plan sessions that's the important part is one flows into the next to the next to the next to the next mm-hmm. and again you don't you don't start January 1 till the end of December you work from the end of December back to January 1 yeah so if you're planning for a, if you're planning for the college season, especially at UCLA, you're planning to play in the College Cup final. You're not planning to play in the ACC. Not the ACC. The the ACC. That's for me being the ACC. Sorry. <laughs> you're not planning to play in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is like, yeah, whatever. You know, that, that's a byproduct of, of winning the College Cup. Absolutely. So you, you plan backwards from there. Otherwise, everything's going to be a mess. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. And, and, you know, if you start planning pre-season, just thinking about pre-season, well, you've not thought it through. And that's where everything has to come in when you're talking about all your scenarios, all your topics, all the reps that are got to get in, you know, all the different video sessions that are got to get in, because otherwise you end up over, you know, over, you can either overdo it with the goalkeepers or you end up, I think the one that people miss the most when I talk to you, especially young goalkeepers is I'm like, how often do you do crosses? Oh, once every month. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, and yet you're going to get moaned at if you don't, come for that cross and so i agree not- with you 100 i'm like i tried to get them in every week i used to finish every practice with them <laughs> pretty much like all right you guys we're gonna cool down we're gonna take some crosses just get your timing get just get whatever but absolutely it can't be once a month it can't be once a month for this for that the other there's got to be a process and everything has to tie into each other and there's got to be an end game to it um and you know in that in that movement in that travel you know things come up that you have to tweak and that you have to add into and you have to say okay this isn't translating or this and that and the other but there's got to be a plan you know and um yeah and we will win the college cup because that's the one thing i don't have on my resume (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get it guys i gotta get it all right. Well, 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 we'll, we'll let you, we'll let go, you go. So, no, we'll let you go. So Amanda doesn't get mad. So. I have play. I have actually player um, meetings right now because everybody went home. Um, but Paul, awesome. Thanks. Uh, now I know that everything that Omar talks about just filth comes from you. So it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I'll just be like, did Paul say that? Did Paul say that? <laughs> awesome. Thanks you guys. Um, we'll see, I'm we'll sorry see you later, I have to also. cut it short. Bye guys. No worries. All right, we'll see you later. Thanks, Pascal. See ya. All right, so and then there were three. Um, so now, now, kind of getting back into this, Paul, I, I actually want to ask you about this because one of the issues with the starting positions is the issue of goalkeepers starting to mimic patterns. You know, um, I see a lot of times, you know, especially at the at the club level, the youth club level, goalkeepers who just they they move in patterns and like Saskia was talking about the shuffling, right? Well. 
I, I've seen it before. I've just seen it. I was like, I'm like, I can tell who's worked with what goalkeeper coach and what goalkeeper coach, because based on how they move and they move in li- literally a grid, but the game is three dimensional, you know? And I think that's something that I think, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of explain a little bit about in regards to it's not left, right, up, down. It's all over the place, the movement. Yeah. But that's, again, that's per goalkeeper. I remember watching David Seaman play, um, Obviously, that's going to be before some people's time. But, mm. I mean, Dave Seaman would stand 25 yards out from goal, hand behind his back, and just stand there. I mean, no matter where the ball went. It, you know, if he went to the left, he was still stood there, hands behind his back, just watching the game. And that that was him. And you, you look at these different goalkeepers, and everyone has their own way of staying connected. Now, obviously, the game has, you know, change slightly in different ways and you watch different goalkeepers movements but there's still plenty of goalkeepers playing today that take one position up when the ball is is in the attacking third you know in 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 their own attacking third um and they don't necessarily move from you know left to right or you know change their position in too much once they've once they're up and they feel their support in the back line that's that's the position they take now you've got others that are very active behind the back line and they're constantly moving. Again, it's it's based off the goalkeeper and how they are. Um, me personally, I like my goalkeeper to be on the half of the field, left to right, where the ball is. I think it gives you an extra yard. It gives you a moment where you haven't got to move as aggressively. Um, I know there's goalkeepers that take it into thirds and, and they want the pitch split in thirds from left to right or right to left. And they want them in that third. Again, it, you know, it depends on the level, depends on how your team is in front of you. How do you play? Is it a back line that plays high? Is it a back line that plays low? You're playing three at the back, four at the back, five at the back. All these things come into it. Um, and in the youth game, that's that's even more important. I mean, I, I've, I've got a daughter who plays U12. And funny enough, she's a centre-back. And you look at, I look at how deep their, their back line is. There's no way the goalkeeper can play high. You know, the, the back line's too deep and they play 11 aside. It's their first year, 11 aside. And the goalkeeper really, top of the box, is as high as she can come. So it, it, that's, a, that's a product of the team. It's not a product of her. You know, she's not stuck on the line or anything like that. But if she comes any higher, she's, they're all going to be getting in each other's way um, real quick. But, you know, that's, that's different. I mean, again, I can give you scenarios with a Dynamo this year, working with, with Marco and, and Cody as well in preseason. I wanted them to be a little bit more active side to side. Now, some of that is because we want to rotate the ball as well. So obviously, if you've got a better passing angle to come out of and you can rotate the ball better, then obviously you can bypass and skip defenders and it makes it easier, you know, Um, rather than scrambling into position to to pick the ball up and then have to play. For me, if you're in position earlier, you're actually better when you're in possession. Um, It actually helps more in possession than it does out of possession. Paul, that's something I want to bring up with you. And, uh, you know, Omar, I know this has been a big, big topic this entire summer. In for And I, I know I heard you say you're like, I hate the term the modern game because it makes it sound like that, you know, the, the game before, you know, that 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 was completely inconsequential in regards to what what we used to do in the past, because it's it, the game evolves, but it's not that the game is different, you know, per se, I'm guessing you're saying, but um, is that everything nowadays, it seems like all, all goalkeeper coaches are a lot of saying is like, okay, well, every activity has to have an in-possession and out-of-possession element to it. Um, we can't, we no longer, and it seems like you're trying to say that there is a time and place for just technical work, 
that has nothing to do with in possession. And there's a time and place for just work that has nothing to do without a possession either. Yeah. I mean, you've still got to teach them. You've still got to teach the position. I mean, you've still got to work on, on your basics, no matter what you do, doesn't matter what field of work you're in. You still have to, you know, maintain your qualities in, in, you know, your basic work. If a field plan never strikes a ball big, you know, if they're not, if, if they're not working on switching the point, of course they can do that in a phase of play, but maybe they want to do five or 10 reps extra of switching the point. So they just want to work on that clean striking with both feet. That's no different to catching five or six, six strike. No one's saying we've got to do 30 catches and 50 of this and these big numbers, which I think you probably saw back in the day, you know, a lot of getting up and getting down and, and all this. And yes, you can include it into better phases of the game, but there's still a part where you can make sure technique is honed and is clean. And because obviously that breeds confidence as well, you know, and, and I find it very, I personally find it interesting is you can go on a lot of, you know, you can go on a lot of conferences, a lot of these, you know, the, the, these educational Zooms and, and whatnot. And you'll hear goalkeeping coaches are at good levels around the world. And they'll say, you know, never see a goalkeeping coach volleying a ball. You should never volley a ball. Then you go and watch them in their own environment. <laughs> and the first thing you see is them volleying a ball. Because, and I'll tell you why it is. It's because the goalkeepers they're working with are probably going to say to them, I need a certain a certain few things. They're not saying, oh, I need a volley. They're probably saying, oh, yeah, I just want to get 10 good hands in today. want 10 good low ones before we get going. I just want to, you know, feel the ball. And that's the part of it that gets that gets lost on, I think, goalkeeping coaches learning the trade is you see, because it's so easy to get all this access now to all this information. There's all this educational information. But a lot of it is getting told, which isn't what's happening necessarily on the field in their real environments. I volleyable, I'll tell you I volleyable. I've no issue with it because it's going to go from point A to point B where I want it. Now, it's not the only thing I do. I'm going to strike from the floor, going to hit a half volley, a side volley, moving ball, stationary ball, hit them all. But I would never say you can't do something. Like people talk about hand service is another thing. Well, you should never hand service. Why not? Why not if it replicates something you're trying to do? There's no reason not to do it. Would I do it every single day? Of course not. But the, these are the things with, with goalkeeping coaching for me that is the reality is not always what's presented on these type of things. And, you know, you've, you've got to dig deep sometimes to find out the reality of what actually goes on. Yeah. And when, when you see inside the, the top level, you'll see the reality. You know, if you if you get to go into a Man United, an Arsenal, a Tottenham, Man City, a, a Barcelona, I can guarantee you there's volleying going on. I can guarantee you there's hand service going on. I can guarantee you there's stationary work going on. Yet a lot of those goalkeeping coaches, when they're out in front of the crowds, will say, don't do it. And that's, for me, that's the hard bit for the young goalkeeping coaches that are trying to learn because there's a place for everything. It's, it's, again, what is best for the players you've got. And, and Saskia said it, was, you know, said it well. All goalkeepers are different. All goalkeepers are different. So you've got, to, you've got to understand what each one of them needs and how to get the best out of each of them. And that's, that's so important. And that's why, for me, yeah, there's, it's important to do in-possession work, out-of-possession work. Of course it is. That's, that's, that's also the game. 
but I'm not suddenly going to go into training having done no warm up, having done no no light ball work to get us going, and just suddenly be in possession, out of possession. You know, some days do we go quicker? Do we move through things sharper? Yeah. Some days do we go through slower? Do we go through more Q and A? Do we go through more? What do they see? What do they feel? Yeah. You know, and that's that's how it is. Some days we do only two rep exercises, meaning every exercise has two reps involved. So there's going to be less me to them or them to them. It's going to be more action, movement, action, or it could even be movement, action, movement, action. And there could even be another movement afterwards. But they're all, for me, that's all needed in the game for the goalkeeper to, to progress to the best of their ability. And again, I'm not saying I'm right. I just find it interesting that some swing one way, one way, or all the way, sorry, to one end. Yet when you see the reality in the real world, it actually isn't that. You know, and you go and watch, go and watch the best goalkeepers in the world. Manuel Neuer, Oblak, Edison, Allison, all these goalkeepers. Watch their true sessions. And there's your answers. But you've also got to see their true sessions with the team and in with the groups because a lot of that, what in possession, out of possession, is done with the team. And for me, that's the best way to do it because here's, here's, the, here's another thing, not to, to harp on here, Mike, but the 1v1s, me dribbling at a goalkeeper does not by any way, shape or form look like what it looks like on a Saturday afternoon for the goalkeepers <laughs> because I'll smash a ball, but I'm not dinking it, flipping it, rolling it, you know, any of that. That's where... You know, for, for us at the club, I'll tell you, I've talked to the sports scientists, talked to Tab. Hey, can we do 1v1s? Because the field players need to do some accelerations. Can we do it with the ball to goal? I don't care if the forwards end up on top of the keepers, smashing the keepers. doesn't matter. It's real. It's live. It's exactly how the game looks. So now I've got the pace of the game. I can put the goalkeepers in a real starting position. Now you're talking about what the topic of the session was. But again, that's not with me. That's with the team. And there might only be 10, 15 reps and, and not much room for coaching in that. So we film that and we'll go back and coach it and we'll work backwards, but we'll do some technical work first to make sure maybe we cover some points before it. Now, for me, that's progressing into the session. Maybe the session goes to 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s. That is now for the flow of the session. That is now working your goalkeeper through topics and scenarios. I don't want to say topics, I mean topics you know, there's more than one topic in every in every scenario now. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, Paul, that when, you, when you're bringing that up right now, you know, and 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 Omar, I know, I know we've had this discussion before as well too. And actually, we brought it up with Brenton Brenton uh, a few weeks back too. Is that the the even just the movement of how I move or how you move or how Omar moves is not going to simulate how Rachel Daly is going to move, you know, or or or, or any any high level world class type of player, you know. Um, they just they just move differently, and that's just because of what, all the years, all the years of experience of them playing at that at that position, you know. So do I don't and I don't know how you feel about this, Omar, as well too. But like, do you start getting in the thing as well, and you start doing those one v one activities, or you know, any any type of finishing activities with the goalkeeper coach? Well, these goalkeepers are starting to now move based on playing against the goalkeeper coach rather than playing against the players of, of their level and the demands of their age, their age group, let's say 11 or real or 12 year old, who's going to move very differently than you're going to move. I mean, 
I just feel like most most players, I mean, myself included, I, I never saw my my goalkeeper coach uh, for the Galaxy when I was there. He hit a lot of half volleys because his legs were tired. I don't know what it was, but he hit a lot of half volleys from the ground. And I never thought in my in my head, oh, well, I'm not, that's not how I'm going to see the ball in the game. I just reacted to what I saw and I made the saves the way I needed to make them. He put us in different situations, uh, game-like situations throughout the uh, throughout the week. And I think it was up to us to infer that and understand, okay, you know, the movements is what I'm really looking for. The finish is going to be a little bit different. But like Paul said earlier, there's going to be exercises that it's going to be close range shots where sometimes those final movements on in, in a weekly session where it's game-like stuff, that final movement will be a header or a shot from the six or, you know, six to the, the 12. And because we worked on reaction training and we isolated that, we're able to make those saves. At the same time, too, there are also drills that are talking about fast approach to arrival. We're moving into your spot, decelerating and finding, making sure your hips don't rock up as a shot is coming from close range as well. So as long as, as goalkeeper coaches are very intentional about their sessions and deliberate of how they put things together, it'll all piece together for the goalkeeper. And I think for me, at least, I never really saw a half volley or somebody that I trained against who wasn't very good or didn't have a left foot and was striking with their left foot. I just kind of talk, took it for what I saw. And then I went into the game and, and I'm hoping throughout the week that my goalkeeper coach put me in those tight scenarios where even though it wasn't a world-class finisher, it was still something close range where my reaction hit so that I could step in and, and perform that action on the weekend. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. You're, you're saying that Omar, because I want one of the conversations, you know, that I've had recently and, and Paul, I'd love to love to get your feedback on this is that when you're, when you're talking about a session in isolation, let's just say, which is a, a one, a one-on-one or a small group or anything like that is for the goalkeeper to look at it more as like an active lecture um, based on you're being active, but at the same time, you're learning, you know, how to deal with different scenarios, you know, what to do in these situations, you, you know, and, and getting feedback and everything like that. And that their real training is, and again, this is for, for an individual coach or, you know, who, who isn't working with a team, their real training is when they go back with their club, you know, any, any thoughts on that? One, I'm not a fan of individual training, just throwing that out there. Like, I just think it's very difficult with one goalkeeper and one coach because you, you really are limited, limited then to the scenarios you can set up. At least if you've got a couple of people, you can have a couple of reps, you can have a couple of different movements, etc. I always think a small group is always the best way to go, you know, two or three goalkeepers. Um, plus your work to rest is always better. I think when you do an individual, you end up battering the kid. Um, and the kid wants more. I mean, how many times do you have a parent come to you and say, work my kid hard? And I just look at them and go, take them to a fitness camp. Like, my job's not to get them fit, <laughs> yep. you know? Um but that's that's kind of you know when you've got the small group you can you can even walk through some things and and put them in positions and be like okay look this is the scenario that might happen you might not actually run the scenario but you can at least put them in the positions and show them how it would look um for me all, all the stuff with with small group training and trying to trying to get the sessions through that you want to get through it's about making sure you've got the fundamentals into the kids first because if you can get the fundamentals in then you can work on the movement and the movement would be the next part then it would be the action before the movement so the action before the action so now you're going on based off the topic today and now you're working into the game scenario now would i you know i don't want to say i never like ping balls on kids normally the last couple of minutes of every session you know for my own ego i just like to score goals on eight-year-olds um, but typically it's more controlled at the, for the first, you know, if we're doing a 90 minute session for the first hour, 
hour and 15 it's more controlled and then that last 10 15 minutes might get a bit out of hand um but you know even even with the pros other than game day in the warm-up i rarely strike a ball on goal from anywhere near the top of the box everything is within 12 yards because that's what you see in a game you know and they're going to see it from the field players from the top of the box and from 16 yards if you look at where we give goals up, by the way, we give a lot of goals up this year. If you look where we give goals up from, it's from about 12 to 16 yards just on either side of the penalty spot. So if you look at my sessions, most of them, that's where I'm standing or that's where the actions are coming from because that's what we see. Um, so, you know, going back to the young kids, obviously you tend to give them more because you don't know what they're seeing in their club environments, in their team environments. But you've still got to, you've got to give them the basics to start with. It's no good just putting them in these scenarios when they've got no idea of how to set, move, make the save, come for the cross, go one-on-one. Um, but still, for me, the idea is, is that you're setting them up, ready for their small-sided, ready for their phases, ready for their, you know, ready for their team. Omar, I, I want I want to say this with you right now is that first off, you know, I think, you know, this has been really enlightening, Paul, honestly, because I think I think one is one of the things for us to discuss these things on, on the show, you know, between ourselves. It's another thing, you know, somebody like yourself who is in this environment and has seen so many different levels of the game to kind of break kind of break it down like this. Um, you know, one one thing is that I you were talking about just not not striking the ball from distance. I think this is really talking a lot about the starting positions too. It's like, should we focus more on where are our goalkeepers giving up goals and developing sessions based on those areas as opposed to, you know, saying, oh, well, we have to work on this area and we have to work on this area and we have to work on this area. Yeah, I mean, when we analyze, I mean, at the end of the season, but I, I typically do it every month is analyze what we're giving up. Um don't not just goals but shots I mean obviously you're not just going to look at your goals but and and the other things will get touched on it's not like you're going to ignore shots from outside the box because then all of a sudden you get a screamer against Dallas from 35 yards that goes in the side net in so it's not saying it's not going to happen but you've again you've only got x amount of time in a week and especially this season we're going Wednesday Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday Saturday so you've only got X amount of training sessions. So you've got to focus and try and get into the areas and, and present the, the, the scenarios that you're going to see the majority of, right? Crossing is another example. And I find it a very interesting one because I can't replicate the crosses that come in in a game. I can float balls in. I can drive balls in. But that's not a cross that comes in in the game. And the truth is, when you look at the crosses that were faced this year by MLS goalkeepers, MLS goalkeepers dealt with around 1% of them. I think it was just over of all crosses, right? In the Premier League, it's lower than 1%. Now, what defines a cross when you're looking at Opta stats? Obviously, pullbacks are crosses, so you're not going to get to a lot of those. But still, that's a low number, obviously very low. But that shows you again what part, because there's a lot of crosses. So what part of the cross are you training? So now, big floated balls in. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna throw some in because there's the there's the timing of coming for the ball that comes in, not necessarily from wide on on the sideline, but maybe higher outside the box that comes in on the angle where you're coming up behind the back line to win the ball. 
right? That's a, that's an atypical ball you'd see in the MLS. Um, or the dinked ball, that's where it's inside the 18 and it's dinked to say the, the top of the six or the back of the six. Again, that's a ball you come for quite a lot. But for the amount of crosses that come in, there is not that many, obviously, that are defended by the goalkeeper. But then there means there needs to be a movement for what they do have to defend, which is then going to be the next action, which is either going to be the header, the volley, the shot, or whatever it may be. Um, so you've got to look at all of this to, to make sure your training covers those movements. Um, so for me, you know, obviously you, you analyse every game, you analyse every opponent before you play them um, of what you're going to see or, or you think you're going to see. But we look at it, you know, sometimes I share it with the keepers, sometimes I just do it myself and we pull up the true media stuff, which just shows what we've given up, you know, what the goalkeepers are factually seeing. And then you build your sessions based off of off of that. And the other topics, the other areas are going to get covered anyway, because they're in training. You know, so if I'm not doing a load of shooting from 18 to 25 yards, believe you me, when you play double boxes, 5v5, there's shots coming from 18 to 25 yards. So it's not like it's getting ignored, but you've got to, you know, deflections is another one. I do a lot of work on deflections because, again, a lot of shots are off of one touch below four foot with inside 12 yards. That is where a lot of shots and a lot of goals come from. So you've got to replicate that. Now I need equipment for that because you need the deflections. So we use, you know, different things for the deflections. And the goalkeepers hate it because a lot of it is close in a lot of pace and a lot of, you know, making, making an action and then within the action, having to do something to try and stop the ball or standing longer and accepting you're going to get beat in the far corners. Um, but this is what you see in a game. So you, you've got to try and replicate it as much as you can. So analysing what has factually happened and what you're going to be seeing from certain teams is a massive, massive part of the game. A massive part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I man, I, I was just, just thinking about just in fact as like one of the mistakes I've made in the past is just like focused way too much on approach to the cross and handling the cross as opposed to the retreat aspect of the cross. And I'm really glad that, that you brought that up. Uh, Omar, I don't know if that's something that, that, you know, you're thinking in your head right now or how much time you spend actually on the handling as opposed to the retreat. No, yeah. I mean, I again, I, I, I wish I kept more notes from my college time because I spent more time with them. But even in college time, it's such a small window. Because we're, like I said, we said on the podcast before, our coach is saying, just make sure the starter doesn't get hurt and make sure the backups don't get hurt as well. So we're not, I'm not doing as much stuff, but the majority of what I'm doing is handling. And if the, the new session I just watched with uh, uh, Marty, Martin Margetson from the national team, he calls it the Mayweather drill, where the majority, he does like 50, because he's 50 and 0, he'll do like 50 shots from different parts of the goal, whether it's a volley, half volley, all that stuff. And that's kind of what I used to do. I would do small retreats, but nothing where the legs would be killed, but mainly just the handling. And it's mainly because that's what the goalkeepers wanted. That's what they asked for. And that's kind of, again, sometimes we're at the mercy of what the goalkeepers want versus our, what our ego and what we kind of want to show off to, uh, to other coaches. You, but, you know, you, but you just brought up something right there. And I think you know, Paul can attest to this in regards to like, is it about what the goalkeeper wants or is it about what the goalkeeper needs, you know, based on the demands of, of the game? And, and, and Paul, I'm asking that, that, that to you, you know, because that's something that I, I, str I struggle with as well. Yeah, that's a balance as well, because you've, you're going to have young goalkeepers that think they know what they need um, and you've got to educate them. And then you're going to have senior goalkeepers that actually do have a grasp on what they need. 
and you've got to find the balance of that versus also dripping in there what you have also seen that you think they need. Um, you know, I, I've always been big on talking to the keepers, going, especially when we're doing video, like it not being about me telling them. It's about what do we see here? What do we think? What did you think about a week in training leading up to this? What did you think about the session in general? Now, if they turn around and go, well, I thought the session was absolutely terrible, Paul. That exercise was awful. Now, okay, why? Now, typically that doesn't happen. Um, I can remember one exercise I did once where I thought it was terrible. And I asked both the keepers at the time that were in it and they both went, yeah, let's not do that again. And I didn't even bother looking at the session again. I just never did it. Yeah, but I had the feeling and they said it. Now, there's other things where goalkeepers have said, oh, I'd like to do that on that specific day. And I've looked at it and gone, exercise, not a bad exercise. Don't know if I would do it on that day. And then explain to them the reasoning for that. You know, maybe it's too heavy. Maybe it doesn't fit in with what's going on. Um, and then, then a decision's made. So I think there's some coaches that go too far to what the goalkeeper needs. And that's, I think there's a, there's a danger zone there because at the end of the day, you might have to drop that goalkeeper and you're, you're creating a, you can create a beast that you don't want to, that you don't want to create. But on the same way, you can't go in as this is the way we're doing it. No matter what, it's my way or a highway that, that will not work, especially with professional goalkeepers um, or goalkeepers that have a good grasp on goalkeeping. And as coaches, we don't know everything. We just don't. I mean, you know, you're going to pick up goalkeepers at times that have had four, five, six different coaches and they're going to have picked up some great stuff along the way, you know, and, and you can't ignore that fact, um, you know, and you can't be closed-minded enough to think that you you know better than the next, you know, the next person. I, I think you just, you just brought up a, a great point right now. And I know, I know we need to both Omar and I actually have sessions at four o'clock. So we're going to, we're going to have to start wrapping up, but I mean, Paul, you've taken over an hour and a half of your time. And I honestly, I just really want to thank you because I think this has just been, I mean, there's so many clips here. I'm just like looking, it's like, I don't even have to, usually I go through every episode <laughs> and I go through the notes and I go, this might be a usable clip. This might be a usable clip. Everything's usable. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, you've just given way too many, uh, way too much good information. Um, but uh, I, I do want to say, uh, God, I just, I think I just totally lost my train of thought right here. Oh yes. That you have to be open-minded in regards to, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, what a goalkeeper's experienced in their past as well too. And being willing to listen to what they've experienced and seeing what out of their experience you can use to the benefit of that goalkeeper is what, what you're trying to say, correct? Listen, I have a, anyone that's worked with me will tell you that I'm very strong opinions on certain things, on certain technical aspects, on how sessions should be run, etc. But also the same, the same goalkeepers will tell you that I'll be open-minded and listen to anything that's, that's presented to me. Um, because at the end of it, it's not about me. I'm not the one going out there and playing. It's about the goalkeeper that's going out there and playing. And and then the same note, obviously from a team standpoint, you know, they're not my goalkeepers. They're the team's goalkeepers. They're the head coach's goalkeepers. So you're trying to do the best job you can for them to do the best job they can for the team to do the best job they can for the head coach. And people lose track of that. And it becomes about them and their goalkeepers. It's not their goalkeepers. You know, that's that's not how it is. Um, you know, and I, I make a big point. Um, this is obviously I'm way off topic, but I make a big point of saying to all the goalkeepers at the club, always have done, go and make your own relationships with the other coaches because they're going to give you important information as well about the game. I mean, you look at who we've got at the Dynamo. You've got Tab Ramos, obviously, you know, vastly experienced. You've got Pablo Mascherani, 
as an assistant who's been obviously a fantastic player and a fantastic coach. And then you've got Amid. Amid's coached at all levels all over the world and they've got great views on the game. So why, why wouldn't you want their information and their input on the goalkeeper? I mean, these, you know, they, all three of these are played at a great level and coached at a great level. So that's all part of goalkeeping coaching as well. Um, and I think we get caught up, and especially in the US, because goalkeeping coaching has been made this bubble, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But it's been made this bubble where we're like a separate entity almost. And we're not. We're not. I mean, it's one player in a team. Um, an important player, of course. But, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a position that needs to be looked at from everybody the player, the coaches, the sports scientists, um, you know, and, and even at the young ages, you know, when talking about the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds and the 14-year-olds, how many of them can't move correctly, right? And we've got to help them with that. You're talking about being out of position and moving into position, but you've got to teach them how to move first, you know? There's a, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it needs a lot of people, not just a goalkeeping coach. And I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, well, Awesome, man. I well, I, I before we go, I mean, I, I really want to encourage everybody out there to check out performance goalkeeping. I mean, I wanted to show some of your clips, but we can't do them justice, honestly. Uh, I mean, you've got so many good, good videos on your website of all the training that you guys do and everything like that. So I really encourage people to go out there and check it out. If people want to reach out to you directly, whether they're interested, you know, in, in your in your personal training that you have going on with the academy, or you know, that maybe they're a young coach and they're and they're looking for some advice and everything like that, where's the best place for them to reach out? Um, either through the website, uh, probably through the website is the best way through the contact form or, you know, social media is fine. Okay. I'm not um, the best at returning, returning emails or messages. Uh, I'm good. I'll get there eventually, but my timing is not always the best. This time of year is okay, but typically my timing is about a 10 day turnaround. <laughs> Well, that, that's okay because you got, you got, you got grub, you got Brenton, you got, you got a bunch Ryan, you got a bunch of people out, o, over there too, who, uh, who can, who can help out on, on that aspect. And, uh, remember guys, if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, shout out to everybody who's actually given this topic suggestion. Uh, couldn't think of a better guest to, to give it, uh, for, but contact it inside the 18. That's the number 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on all social media platforms. Omar, you got any, any, any cool things in the works? I see you got some, maybe some new merch you want to plug. Yeah, I mean, I have my merch. It's a bundle deal, but I think by the time people hear it, it'll be <laughs> it'll be uh, expired. But yeah, I'll have new merch on my website, uh, ProGKAcademy.com, and then yeah, new new content coming in as well. Awesome, guys! Remember, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out later, guys. Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment, want to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. The more followers we get, the more we can give back to the GK community. Let's all keep paying the knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. 
with me. You know him as the czar of the virtual background, the one and only Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini, 99 World Cup winner, Angel City co-owner, Suskia Weber. I guess I could say UCLA goalkeeper coach too, since you got your UCLA gear on as well. And uh, <laughs> very, very, very busy girl. And uh, joining us today as, as a guest panelist right now, we have first team goalkeeper coach for Wolfsburg. I really hope I pronounced that properly. Pascal Foreman. Uh, Pascal, this is, this is an honor, man. Honestly, um, you know, the Bundesliga is one of the best leagues in the world to have a first team coach from, uh, from a league like that, who, who wants to come on this podcast is, is honestly, it, it's very humbling for us. And, and thank you so much for volunteering your time. Yeah, I have to say thank you very much to that. You give me the opportunity to talk to you and, and share my opinion about goalkeeping. Uh, and um, you, you said before, you know, I, I'm I'm very lucky to work in a in the Bundesliga in the first team, um, and it's uh, it's really good. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it, and I hope we have a good good time and a good dis discuss discussion and uh, sharing opportunities and, and opinions about goalkeeping. Oh, we're just we're going to have a good time. Whether we're going to share opinions about goalkeeping, I don't know, but we will have a what good time. What are you time. talking about? <laughs> Definitely share some opinions. <laughs> oh, I know you've got opinions. Um, now, Pascal, for some for some people out there who might not be familiar um, with Wolfsburg, and if they aren't, they clearly don't know Bundesliga history as one of the most decorated clubs uh, in, in, in the world. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about the philosophy of goalkeeping at Wolfsburg and kind of uh, the history of the program there? Yeah. First of all, I have to probably explain a little bit about the club first, um, you know, because we're not like everybody knows straight away Borussia Dortmund or Bayern Munich or uh, some other uh, teams from the from the past. Um, our, our club is quite young, uh, founded uh, 40, 45 and 1945. Um, and I think we are just, yeah, we, we call it like we are a daughter from uh, Volkswagen. So Volkswagen, the main uh, factory companies in Wolfsburg, so they are our our, our club more or less. They they give the money. Um, Wolfsburg are doing yeah quite good in the Bundesliga the last couple of years. We 20, 20 years now in the Bundesliga. We won the the cup uh, 2015. Uh, they won the German Bundesliga championship uh, 2009. Um, and um, the last two years we played in the in the Europe League. So um, so we we beat one day we beat Real Madrid in the Champions League. So um, we are not every every year in the in the European uh, Cup, but uh, I think we are we always panel between uh, between four and an eighth eighth in the league more or less. Uh, and um, yeah, we are a good club, a small club, uh, but it's really exciting to to work for for it. And uh, I think we have a good good future. Well, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, just your resume right there when you're just talking about your playing career and you saying like, oh, you know, I didn't play at the highest level. Mike, that's a high level for a lot of people out there. And I think a lot of people, Omar, I know that you get constantly bombarded on social media by young goalkeepers who don't recognize how high these levels are, you know, and, yeah. and not only that, but what doors they open for people, right? Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah, I think I've kind of gotten over that part. I think I was just trying to get my footing in on social media to, like, you know, have my voice heard and credibility. But I think over time, especially, you know, having people like Pascal on and Tony, uh, Tony Dittmer, <laughs> Tim Dittmer, uh, you know, Paul Rogers, those guys, they, they share their experiences. And then as, as content creators like us, we listen to that over and over and over. And then as coaches as well, we adapt or adopt some of those uh, philosophies into our sessions. 
So he's just always constantly learning. And I think that's what Pascal was saying prior to getting on, on air. It was just like, he doesn't do anything crazy, nothing special. He listens to his goalkeepers, what they need, but he's constantly evolving and trying to get better as a coach, which I guess is a, which I guess, which is a great uh, message for all young goalkeeper coaches out there. Yeah, you know, and I think... Sorry sorry to interrupt you, but it's sometimes difficult to to work in the first team and you haven't played at the highest level or the same level. So you have to, you know, to to get the goalkeepers on your side with your training, with Mm -hmm. your teach coaching, with your, you know, trust, with your... Uh, how you deal with situations, how how much input to give them, uh, the the whole bit. Sometimes you have to, you obviously have to, you know, to get them on my side, apart from playing at the same level. So it's sometimes difficult because, yeah, you know, they sometimes they think, oh, you you haven't played. How you can teach me things when you haven't played at the same level? So it's 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 not not sometimes easy. But I I think I have a, I found a really really good good way uh, to be very open with the goalkeepers to be straightforward um, and uh, to share my opinion or my experience with them and and I think we have a good relationship uh, from both from both sides you know it's, it's not just I'm the I'm the I'm the teacher I'm the coach and they listen to me I'd always try with them together to find a solution um, because they are playing um, they 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 think different about the situation because I can see it on the video 50 times and I have to go back and forward and back and forward and then I find a solution but they have to they have to do it straight away on the pitch so it's always important that you have a good trust a good relationship you you are a friend of them uh, and uh, and then you you have to find together the the solution about about different things I agree with that I mean there's something to be said by being like there by having that having that journey in in your toolbox in the sense that you know when you're teaching when when people look at you you've been there you've done it if not higher than the level that you're teaching at the moment um i think it's a little different here in the united states just because we're such babies um that most coaches <laughs> have more experience than the players period you know so you know if you're an mls coach 90% of the time you probably had you know you have that that lineage of history um, that I, I think it's a little different, but I could see like in Germany, in England and stuff where I think it's important, absolutely, for identification and respect, you know, because, yeah. and it's not saying, you know, I'm not, and the reason I don't want to discourage anybody, you can become a great coach. You know, it's, it's, that's, it'd be hypocritical of me to say that a woman can't be a men's football coach if she understands the sport. It helps that you played. You know, um, and yes, there's women's football here, not soccer, football, but but it helps that it helps that you ha- can identify as a player on that level at that level. And no. so I, I do agree with that. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because you, you don't have to you don't have to you have to understand the, the sport. You know, you, you, you can't I can't be a tennis coach and then become a, a goalkeeper <laughs> coach in the, in the football. So you, you have to understand the sport. But. To be honest, you're absolutely right there. You don't have to, you have to, you can be, you know, you can play at the lowest level or you never maybe, you know, being a goalkeeper yourself, but you still can be a, a good goalkeeper coach. You know, it's just mm-hmm. how you, you you know, you take things on and, and, and learn and how you, what, what you know, I, I still like to go to different places, to different coaches, to different clubs, to watch them, to watch your warm up in the games, to get, a few drills from there and there and talk to things and 
get another opinion uh, because sometimes, you know, when I do a workshop over here, you know, the first thing I talk, say to all the goalkeeper coaches is I'm, I can't say you have to do it this or this or this way. You know, if you have you, at the lowest level, you can teach me something, you know, you just have to be open minded for everything. And I think this is quite important. Well, let's uh, let's kind of delve, delve into this topic right now here, uh, Pascal, because I, I mean, I know we're really excited about it. It's something that we've discussed quite a bit on the show. And today's topic is basically generating power. Um, it's something that a lot of goalkeeper coaches seem to misunderstand what we mean by generating power or, you know, uh, generating energy or, or powerful movement or whatever. So kind of in your mind, like what is moving powerfully and, and how does that, how does that apply to goalkeeping for you? You know, as a, in the, in the, in the part of the goalkeeping, I mean, what, what is, to, to you talk about power well what is the, the for me is the most important thing that you have good feet you have quick feet you have um, clean feet you're always balanced and then you can have your power to 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 translate in the in the drills so first of all I think you need a good fitness you need different fitness than the golf players you know I mean you you need to to make safe or one or two or three balls or whatever. So then you need a good, good feet. Then you had a good shape and a good position to, to use then the power you have. I mean, the power is not about, you know, you're not explain power about you have the biggest thighs or you have the biggest legs or biggest arms or whatever. I think you just need to, to need a good position, the right position, uh, the, the right footstep, the right movement. Um, and um, sometimes you, you see that the goalkeepers with more power in the body shape, they are, they are slower than maybe a more technical goalkeeper. We have, you know, it's, 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 it's quite a funny, a funny thing. I mean, you, everybody thinks you, you need lots of, I mean, power, power, power. I mean, of course you need power to work at the highest level, but the power is not just... You, you're not, you're not, I mean, you just have to translate your power into the drill. I mean, it's not like you, you, you have to see it in your body. I mean, it's not like the, the biggest guys have the most power. I mean, this is, uh -huh. I think this is quite uh -huh. wrong. I mean, uh, and it's, it's the same with the, with the gym work of the goalkeepers. I mean, you, you have to be very good at your stomach, at your back and with your, with your, with your legs. But I mean, not the not the highest and the biggest goalkeeper can move quick. I mean, you never you you, you right. should never lose your movement, and um, and this is what I try every day. Is so, I mean, lots of movement. Never do an exercise from this from this still stand. You always have to move. You have to find your position. You have to find your balance, and I think this is quite important. And then you get your power into the balls. And if you if you do it every day, every day, and every day then you get the power. I mean, it's a, the, 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 the most important or, or the, the great example is when the under 19 goalkeeper is coming to my training sessions. I mean, he can't move maybe after two sessions. I mean, he, he feels tired. He is, is aching. It's everything. And then with a more training, with a harder training, with, with more reputation, then then he gets his power. I mean, the, the power is from 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 doing training after training after training. It's not like to go in the gym three times. Yeah. 
the best analogy, like the analogy I like to use is with some things is like, look at golf. Like the biggest, the biggest guys don't drive the ball the furthest, right? It's technique, it's um, head swing and, and everything like that. So, you know, you can have this beefy bulked up guy. He's not going to drive the ball further than Tiger Woods, let's say, or something. It's about technique. It's about training. It's about, um, <coughs> excuse me, balance, body position, and everything like that, that can generate the power. And the same thing goes for goalkeeping. If your stance is too wide, where are you going to get the power from, um, you know, to, to move laterally and dive? If like there's certain things in technique that can generate power, can generate the movement, whether it's through distribution, whether it's movement, whether it's diving and everything. It's not it's not big people. It has nothing to do. Yeah, with I, I, I know. And you know? sometimes you, you say you see you see goalkeeper coaches. I mean, and they, they they don't reach a ball in the in the drills or in the sessions or in the game, and they say, "Oh, you, you have you need more power." I mean, this is too too, too easy <laughs> to say. I mean, this is this is this is wrong. Yeah. I mean, you need to uh, you have to see with your own eyes. You need to detail why because the stunt is too wide, or the first right. movement was wrong, yeah. or your position was too high right. or too deep, or your body. A body balance mm -hmm. was sitting back or whatever. It's so much more detailed to say, oh, you, you need more power or you have to work on your power. I mean, this is totally, in my opinion, this is totally wrong. I mean, you need a, uh, you need a fitness, you need a, a power. And if you're a growing man or a, you know, a, a senior player, then, then you should have enough power. But then it's to get the power on the pitch in the, in the movement to save the ball. And then this is, I mean, this is so complicated to get the, the, the power, the technique, the, the balance, the coordination, the footwork. You need five or six or maybe 10 different things to put the, together. I, I don't want to interrupt you right now, but I, I did want to get to Omar right here for one thing, because the thing is, is again, is he, he deals a lot on social media. I don't know if you're familiar. He has some fans on social media and they're always posting powerful movements as in saves as in the final action, but they're not showing the buildup. And that's one thing that you've been really big about Omar is breaking down why that movement was successful and how it happened, whether they created depth in the situation, whether they narrowed the angle based on the, the, the movement of the ball and where the ball was approaching from. Yeah, no, like, like Pascal was saying, it was like, there's so many different factors that lead into that. You can't just watch the film and say to your goalkeeper, you need more power there. And then with more power, you're going to make that save. So it's not a blanket statement that you just throw out there. And then it uh, obviously, starts you know magically fixing everything so i think again even studying uh like it's our Sagan for a little bit i was watching his set position and i was always against even if you watch some of my old content which i should probably delete by now but i, I kept it up just because i want you know for the history of people to, to see how i've evolved as a coach i used to always say you have to be you have to be you have to be in a somewhat narrow stance because from there it's very athletic and you can shift and get out of there very easily then i started watching it you know again that's why social media is so great is people would reach out to me and say so omar if, if that statement is so you know factual and so true why is someone like ter stegen why can why do i see him sit so low and still be so powerful out of that low step position and sitting wide and i kept watching and watching and watching and like pascal said earlier it's sometimes like you're bringing the power to the drill so from the the perception of uh, a viewer or somebody from watching uh, from a distance is watching the session and I see Ter Stegen sitting low or sitting kind of high, but his legs are super wide open. In my head, I go, one, he's going to get exposed down low. Two, he's not going to have enough power coming back up. And then three, he's just not doing it right. But then you actually see somebody use what they're good at 
and be able to live in that lower approach, but still be able to get low and then be powerful to the top as well. So again, it's just about having everything encompassed, whether it's the core, whether it's the back, whether it's stability, whether it's just making sure you have good balance as a goalkeeper. And especially too, after those big movements, how much balance do you have left? So again, it's, it, there's so many different things that the, and factors that come into play, but I think it's super important to have the goalkeeper understand what's their reason for doing something. And as a coach, understanding that reason and saying, okay, how can we optimize that even more so that you feel even more powerful from that wide stance? So I think that for me, at least, that's kind of something that I've evolved on as well and, and, and try to at least, you know, mention to people who ask me questions about it. So Pascal, I want to break this down right now, right here, because this is a save. I think it was last season. I think it was Castile's against Bayern Munich. It might've been even, even one of the final games of the season, but uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I, anytime Lewandowski has the ball, I would terrify me. Um, so I thought he did a great job right here uh, with this play right here. As we can see, it's, it's, I think it's Adriziola who plays the ball in to Lewandowski. And as that ball's kind of played in right here, well, you know what, let's just do it in full, in full speed first. That right there is, is an example, in my opinion, of stillness creates the power rather than him trying to attack the ball and and then the, the ball essentially going you know towards the net. But as that ball's coming in, Lewandowski point blank, he's still, and then it's just a simple push to redirecting that ball. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this play, this play right here? Um, you have to say, first of all, um, you know, his position is, is uh, really good on the cross. You know, he can, uh, he can attack the ball, he can defend the goal, he is good at the, at the near post, at the far post, whatever. And then you have to say what, what he's really, really good at. And that's what the people don't sometimes see is when he moves towards the goal and he can't get the cross and he moves towards the goal, he's nearly going to the to the to the goal line and i think that is so so important that he's re going really really deep on on his on his goal line uh, because um sometimes the goalkeepers move into the goal and they are one two three meters in front of the uh, of the of the line and then they can't make the save otherwise they the ball maybe hits hits him but in this position, he gives him uh, maybe a half of a second more time when he's going deeper to make a good save and palm it to the side instead of just get a hand on the ball. And uh, you see, you know, when you see Castells, I mean, he is nearly two, meet, nearly two meters. I mean, his legs are not some, maybe not bigger than mine. Uh, his arms are not big. I mean, he's the same. He's a, a good athlete, but he's not like really big. He's just strong in his in his movement and his uh, palming the ball and his feet i mean and this is what is so important he moved and and turned so quick in his goal and then the ball hits by Lewandowski, and his position is he's standing in his right position he's not moving anymore so and then he can react and then he gets enough deepness or is enough is, is deep enough on the on the goal line and then he can make it safe and then there's a reason he saves lots of balls like this or maybe catches them or whatever, where other goalkeepers maybe palm because they have no time to wreck. And this is what more or less my philosophy is every day is to get the right position, always move position, position, positioning, uh, and that helps him uh, a lot. And then obviously you can see the result on a, on a Saturday. No, I just want to add something there. I think I, I saw a friend of, our show, of the show, Mike, Justin Bryant, he uh, posted something yesterday on Twitter. 
And he was saying that how many times in a session are we just pounding the goalkeepers where it's like quick reaction saves or a quick little switch. And then from there they get the shot versus how we see it in a game where we're constantly watching the play evolve. And I mean, for me, sometimes I'll have situations where if the pass goes wrong and then that person doesn't you know, connect it on the, the goalkeepers that are shooting, doesn't get, you know, uh, receive it and then take a touch and then strike the goalkeeper kind of checks out. They're like, Oh, okay, well that's not realistic. You're supposed to get it and shoot it right away. That's not what the drill is like versus like what Justin tweeted yesterday is that like, no, no, realistically in a game, there are so many different mispasses, bad controls. The, the game is still evolving. And how many times are we actually sitting in goal and watching a play evolve and constantly repositioning ourselves? And so I think to Pascal's uh, point right there is that how, how good can we be in those moments where there's not a threat on goal, but one pass and then there's a threat on goal? Are we still checked out? What, is, what does our positioning look like? Are we sinking back? Are we shooting back up and then having to, you know, be delayed because we're too high up? Things like that are super important when it comes to like kind of understanding how the play unfolds. And, and like in this header right here is for the next five, 10 seconds when that ball gets served in, Castillo's is, is in a very, very, very good position to generate power from a set position and then push. But if that ball wasn't won, he's still able to keep shifting, yeah. set again and then push again. So I think, again, as, as coaches as well, how important is that for in groups to say, look, even if that first pass doesn't go to that person, you, mis you miscontrol it. Get it, find another pass, and we keep going because we want our goalkeepers to stay locked in for those 30 seconds. That, that's a really good point right there. And, and you know, Saskia, one, one thing I wanted to bring up kind of with you is, you know, what Pascal was saying in regards to the set, the set stance, you know, is also going to allow you the different opportunities. Pascal, like you were saying, is as he recognized he was not going to be able to come out at that cross and he retreated into that set position. How many times, Suske, have you seen, yeah. you know, even at the highest of levels of goalkeepers who don't, who don't drop back and don't retreat. And because of that, they're way, they're, they're way too closed off on the field. And, and because of that, that back post is so open and, and they can't generate the power. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's like, like numerous times. I just think, um, Again, I think going to what Omar was saying as well, though, it's that it's that balance and body position and everything to make those adjustments when needed and make them possible. And, and in order to retreat, in order to do everything, you still have to you, you still have to have the presence of your angles and everything like that coming back body weight forward so you can adjust in any any direction at any time. Um, but we see it all the time. I see it. I can't name names right now. I'm not going to name it for my far post always being open. I'll leave it alone at that. I mean, <laughs> go back. I have to things. say, you know, when you, it doesn't matter which level you say you, you, you see the world cup, you yeah. see the champions league, you see uh, the, the fifth division in Germany, whatever I can, I can, I can, you know, the, the highest or the biggest goalkeepers I can, I can find out where they have the wrong position. I mean, you see it so, yeah, many, so many times. And then I think why they not, you know, teach it, why they not improve it, why they, they the goalkeeper coach maybe have not the detail or the goalkeeper thinks no, because sometimes you say you closer, you highest, you go to the, to the strikers. So smaller the goal, the goal gets, I mean, you, you better, right, right. this is mm -hmm. absolutely wrong. Because everything is going faster and faster and faster, right. and and five centimeters of the wrong position, you can't get the ball anymore. I yeah. mean, it's the same with the Absolutely. with a shot from from eighteen from eighteen yard box, and it's going into, and I mean more or less near in the in the top corner. And we're saying, what a great goal! I mean, if the goalkeeper sits back one or two meters and makes save mm -hmm. or makes a dive, he can save the ball easily. Something you see right. goalkeepers standing nearly the six yard box and makes an unbelievable save and diving and and they said great. I mean, 
a good goalkeeper sits back and catches the ball. And takes two, and takes two steps I mean, to the right and catches the ball. Is a, this is a, it's the, true. The different. When you see goalkeepers at, you know, obviously Manuel Neuer, he is pro has, has haven't got the well hasn't got the, the the best technique, but he's a good position. He is strong, a mm -hmm. uh, great big arms, good feet. Then you see Oblak from uh, Atletico Madrid. I mean, how how his position is? He's sometimes behind the line when he makes a save because he gives him another another time. No, I mean, and yeah, it's, and it's, it's not, but it's something that has to be. It, it, you have to train it, like um, you know, you have to show why. Hey, you know, look, your positioning's off. You're too, you're too far out. Take the step back. Give yourself more time. Now this becomes an easy save for you. You know, it, it's not always the closer you are to the player, the easier the save. And I agree with that. Like sometimes, then you get beat with speed. You know, sometimes if you take take that buffer a little bit, now you get that extra. You know, split second, and now you're making the save. And we saw that like flat out in that in that video. Like it was like that little bit of an adjustment, that a little bit deeper, and she was making every single save after that. Yeah. A little further up, she was getting beat every single time. You know. I mean, I, I, and that was a really good point. By the way, I mean, actually, this is really good that you're bringing this up because Omar. I mean, I know that you did a, a video not that long ago about creating depth, and I think mm -hmm. one of the things, Pascal. I don't know how you feel about this, and and, and Omar, I'll let you talk on this, but that. When in regards to having power, like the, the more depth that you create from a distance, the more time you have to generate that power than from close range. Yeah, of, of course, you know, you have you have the split, the, the split, the second or more, a little bit, the second more time to, to react. And when you when you see it, the, the, the new football, the new goalkeepers, they not they have time to make a step to the side and then make mm. the dive. I mean, sometimes the most goalkeepers are diving f straight away from, from the set position. I mean, they right. have no time to, to generate uh, any power. So, uh, so you need lots of power. The, 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 you know, the, the stand, the, the, the how wide the, the goalkeepers mm. stand. And I mean, at, in the academy, for example, you try to teach him don't stand wider than, than shoulder wide, for example, you know, but then you have goalkeepers say, same with Castells. I mean, because he's so tall, mm -hmm. his, his, his set position is his legs are quite wide. Well, and, and that's still, also, that's also balance. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's, but he's still very, very fast Agile, down yeah. and dive and, and everything. So our second goalkeeper from Austria, um, I, when we when we took him over, uh, or when we when we signed him from uh, from a club from Austria, he came. I mean, it was so difficult with the speed, with the power, everything. But he was thirty, and you sometimes think, "Oh, he's thirty, you won't get it anymore." anymore. It was difficult, but you see, with him, I mean, I can, I we we can't imagine a better number two at the football club, personally, and 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 from his. I mean, from his uh, uh, talent. I mean, he's working so hard every day. He's taking things in. He's want want to see the videos. He want to you know would want to talk to me. We, so so many things. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are and and where you come from. You can still work on it, but you have to do it every day. It's mm -hmm. like you're brushing your tooth, or you have to wash your hands, or you put your clothes on. I mean, every day is the same. You have to learn it and have to learn it and and do it and do it and do it and I think then you can see a, a good pro uh, progression and because he was when he came 
from a shooting session, he was always standing near the six yard box. I say, come on, go back deeper, deeper, and then make the save. And then you get the trust when you see it and it works, then you have time to, to palm it. It was easier to, to close space. I don't think the, the overall pace and power um, that you were up against was um, kind of challenging that you, you couldn't have that fast of movement. Like I felt that, you know, you were kind of on point. Now I see that the power of the striking across the board for women, not just the Michelle Akers, not just one or two people now, like across the board, the pace of the ball and everything has gotten so much quicker, so much faster that now I'm finding that I have to coach that my, my goalkeepers take a, a deeper starting position or a deeper position to give themselves a little more time because they are getting beat with speed now. They are getting beat with power when they're too close. That was what I was trying to say. Got it? Okay, Mike. <laughs> I, I want to say this right now. Um, I feel like what happened is the Bundesliga saw that I was about to play a clip from the Bundesliga and they just <laughs> shut me down. They just said, you know what? You do not have the, you do not have the rights to that clip. You can't you can't play it right there. I was trying to I was trying to show a Pravana a fantastic yeah, we, save based on what you were saying of that you'd been working on with him. Oh my gosh, guys. Jeez Louise. Um, that was that was that was quality, quality, <laughs> quality podcasting oh my gosh um uh i, I want to ask this to you omar because i know you do a lot of private sessions and, and i know suska you do as, as well too um but you know you primarily do almost exclusively except for a little bit of college work omar private sessions and uh you know you have people fly from all over the world to come train with you and stuff like that what what is one of the mistakes that you see consistently not just you know regionally but around the world when you we have young goalkeepers come and train with you in regards to movement and trying to generate power? Um, kind of like what Pascal said again earlier, I think we've kind of all agreed on is that a lot of them don't know how to use their best attributes. Um, I think a lot of them, you know, they, they have never ventured out and tried a lot of things, whether it's their goalkeeper coaches, whether it's them having insecurities about their game. Either one of those honestly could be good for, for, this, for this answer, but I just feel a lot of them don't know how to use multiple uh, techniques or different types of methodologies to make the save. And especially too, I get a lot of uh, uh, goalkeepers that come in and I just feel like are too aggressive. So they don't know that fine line of getting set or stepping forward or putting themselves in a good position to make a foot save. Whether I have, to, I have a tall goalkeeper I was working with and we're talking about depth right now and he's probably like six foot six, six foot seven. And we're just talking about, you know, hey, look, maybe you drop off one or two yards and then he's like, well, I just feel like I always get Meg. So I really want to close down so that I can create that block save. And I, I have, you know, huge wingspan. So I don't get beat. And I said, well, if you're always getting, you know, if you're always getting megged, maybe you drop off a little bit and we work on some foot saves. So you feel more comfortable keeping that depth. So you have reaction time and now you can get down with your feet and now you can make a variety of saves. So then you introduce that and they just go, Oh, well shoot. Depth is a or depth is a word I've never heard. So that's probably something I could probably start doing is keep myself further away from the action to actually, you know, give myself a chance to make a variety of saves versus just defaulting to, you know, kind of blanket something, blanket an error that I always see. So I think a lot of them is just they don't they haven't experienced or experimented enough with different types of uh, techniques to make the save. And I think it all stems down to what, what Pascal was saying earlier is that you need to understand how to use your body. And then from there, the power and energy is generated, not the other way around. You're not learning these techniques and then hoping that it works. It's more so, okay, I'm learning these techniques. Okay, how can I put myself in the best position possible so that I'm actually in a set position or I actually calculate my movement right 
so I can get set and then from there be able to be stabilized and then attack the points of contact or use and deploy the right techniques. So I think that's the, probably the biggest thing, Mike, is just them not understanding or having experimented with different types of techniques to make a save. I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame it on on the on the pros and, and you know Saskia I know this is a conversation that we've had and, and Pascal you're probably gonna agree with this as well too. They see consistently over and over again these point blank saves that goalkeepers at the highest levels are making a Neuer, a Terstegen, etc. Um, in a close angle and they immediately default to that block shape, thinking okay if I steal some ground and go into a default block shape I'm doing I'm covering the entire goal. You know, and, and Saskia, I know you've even had this, uh, you know, you know, issue at the highest of levels, you know, at the division one level and, and you, you players getting ready for the pros. It's not understanding. We talk about this a thousand times when to use certain things, when to do certain things. It's just do it. This is what I've seen. This is what I know. This is what I'm going to do. You don't do certain things in certain situations. And it's up to us as coaches to, to, um, to teach that. You know, and to, but to teach it with understanding, why, why are you doing this here? Why don't, why should you not do this here? Why should you utilize a different uh, technique? Look, nothing is always the right answer. And at the end of the day, keep the ball out of the net. Okay. But, you know, it's our job to teach multiple scenarios. It's our job to teach, you know, sometimes you are doing the wrong thing. Sorry. Um, But there are other, there are other answers to it that are correct. Not just one. But there are other answers. But, you know, it's our job to kind of guide the goalkeepers in the right direction. And, you know, it drives me crazy. I get kids that are doing a case save from five, ten yards away. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is why? Because you saw that on television somewhere. Why are you pairing the ball? Why are you palming the ball right now? The ball was not coming at you at 90 miles an hour. Like it, it like came at you at 40. Can't you catch it? Like, yeah, you know, but oh, but you know, Neuer so and so is constantly pairing the ball. Well, yeah, because it's coming at him like, and it's you're not seeing the movement, you're not seeing all this, you don't see, you're not seeing that, you're just seeing the end result of something that's happening. And sometimes they shouldn't parry it either. But at the end of the day, like we have to teach young kids, and we have to teach you know pros and everything. Like, why are you doing this? Like, give me the correct answer. Like, is this the right reason to use this? situation or to use this tactic. Um, Pascal, is that something that you're seeing with the youth in Germany as well too at, at the academy? Yes, what I, what I want to say to it as well, I mean, you have to you have to find a solution, what I said before, together with the goalkeeper coach, I mean, yeah. with the goalkeepers. I mean, otherwise, as a goalkeeper coach, you can tell them, tell them, tell them. And I mean, right. if they don't understand, it's like in school, if you don't understand, you have to ask questions, you have to why are you doing it? Should you do it this way or this way? What you think it's better? What what it works? And I mean, you should do it together mm-hmm. uh, to find to to find a good way for both sides. I mean, it's not it's not always good that the goalkeeper coach is happy. I mean, the goalkeeper in the goal have to be happy as well and, and find comfortable comfortable with the with the situation. And then there's a, the major thing is what is to yeah to to make or to make the you know, to, to choose the right decisions. I mean, decision-making is so important as a goalkeeper. Where do I stand? Do I come for the cross or should I stay away? Is a, a, a shot from inside the box? Is a defender with a, with a striker? Should I, should I stand, stand in my position or should I go closer? Or is the decision-making decision, decision making is so important for the goalkeepers and then they have no patience sometimes i mean they they're rushing out uh, they want to spread out instead of saying keep my position 
to be brave, to be big, to, 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 to trust my techniques, to trust my foot block, to trust my hands, to, you know, to think sometimes as a, uh, as a handball keeper, because they are so quick with the arms and with the feet. I mean, you just have to think what is the best way. I mean, sometimes as the goalkeeper rushes out and the striker do, does what? It's just put the ball easily through the legs. Instead of standing there, be brave and waiting what the striker does. I mean, give he has to make a decision how to beat me. It's not like I give him with my movement uh, right. and, uh, a de decision to make. I mean, something you have to be more patient uh, so stand and then say, go on, beat me. And if you it's beat me... And that's exactly that what Michelle Aker said, the thing she hated the most. You know, I mean, she's the greatest. And she was just like, the minute that the goalkeeper figures it out and, and makes me all of a sudden have to slow down and figure out how to beat them instead of me dictating like... Everything like is when she gets she messes up and she said that she's just like now now I have to make a slower decision they've slowed me down I know I have pressure coming on me and everything like that as opposed to her dictating your movement and then just scoring. I, 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 mean, sometimes, yeah. I mean sometimes it's better I mean if the strike you you give the responsibility to the, to the striker instead of he gives it to me right. I mean it's a, it's a it's a small, you know, small window to make the decisions. And then some, sometimes you say, go on, beat me. And if you beat me, and if I have the perfect position, you still beat me, then hang on, thank you. you you're a good striker. Well done. Great, great goal. Uh, and uh, But what I see sometimes with, with younger goalkeepers, they have no patience. They, they, they're rushing out. Uh, they think they have to do something. And um, but obviously it's coming with experience, with learning, with games uh, to deal with different situations. I mean, it's it's sometimes easy to say, but then it's our job to go through the difficult time with it, to help them, to show them. And I think one very important part is to show them uh, not not telling him. It's just showing him on the video. I mean, stop, start. How was your movement? What you think about this? Uh, uh, where's the striker? Do you think it's it's right to to go out two meters further out than maybe to hold back? Or I mean, you have to show them, and then obviously the goalkeeper coach. You have two, three, four goalkeepers sometimes to cope with. I mean, you know, and and it, it's 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 a good job. It's sometimes difficult jobs, especially with younger ones because they they have no time. You think they have to. You have to become a professional tomorrow. I mean, instead exactly. of exactly, doing... Pascal, I, I apologize for interrupting you right there, but you said something really great there that I want to actually kind of get both both um, Omar and Saskia's opinion because I know Saskia, you got to get to your player meetings uh, for a second. The, the life of a goalkeeper coach never <laughs> ends. Um, but you said you were talking about the fact that so I'll let Saskia go first because she's got to get out of here. You you brought up that you, they feel like they have to do something. And you've brought that up before, Saskia, that sometimes you don't have to do anything. Like you were talking about with the Michelle Aid yeah, situation right there. Like, and I have a goalkeeper, one of our goalkeepers that, that they get, I said, like somewhat frantic and like, I have to make it, I have to do something here. You don't sometimes like just come out, slow the game down. First of all, you have defense recovering. Sometimes giving your, giving everybody enough time to, to recover is, is making a decision. Like slow the player down, slow the situation down. You don't have to come rushing out. You, you, that might, it's not what it called for. And sometimes if you have enough time to think that you have to do something, you're probably too late doing it anyway, period. 
Okay. So, so, you know, if it's like, Oh, I should do something here. You forget it. You're already too late doing it. And, and, you know, if that's the case, then stay where you are and, and, and make the right, try to make the next right decision. And I say that all the time. I'm like, you know, you can see when goalkeepers like question and then they, then they make a decision. And it's that question that is usually where you lose. It's in that second that you've questioned that you and and put that on the coach as well, that you haven't seen repetition, repetition enough that this becomes instinctual and that, you know, you make the decision. And sometimes the decision is going to be wrong altogether and we'll deal with that. But you can't question it and then make a decision. I just think it's too late then. Such a such a good point, and uh, and we'll we'll let you leave on that yeah. on the, on, that, on that No worries. Um, we'll, yeah, uh, <laughs> I could could talk to you guys forever, um, but I have to go talk to like 10, 10 UCLA players. So um, we'll see you later, Sasuke. All right, go Wolfsburg. Uh-huh. <laughs> see you guys later. Thank you very much for your for your time, and uh, and you know, please keep in touch if you like. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And the Dutch side has got me, a fantastic women's program, by the way. The Dutch yeah, side they, of me would I, love to keep in touch. I have to say, I uh, I coached them. I helped out three months, oh, nice. and it was a really, really great experience. I mean, it's the number one from Germany and a really good goalkeeper uh, in, in the women's team. Bye, guys. Okay, thank right. you very much. Have a nice better, day. Better so um, getting kind of back to now, is it now? There was three of us right here. Um, getting kind of back to this, uh, you know, Pascal, and I kind of, you know, I want, I want, to, I want to show – should we try to put a, this clip up again, or do you think it's going to... I'm just going to try right now, and we're going to see what's going to happen, okay? I'm going to try to play, you know, because uh, because I wanted to show I wanted to show Pervon, and I wanted to show this play because I thought it was awesome, and I want to get your take, Pascal, on actually if he did touch this ball right here. But uh, this this came as a... Fry, this, this was that fantastic Freiburg game. Obviously, you were there. I don't have to tell you about it. Ball's played, ball's played in. Now he's creating depth because he's back. Shot comes in. Look at that position. First off, he has time to react, and is that touch off the post? Great recovery movement, by the way, too. Um, Pascal, did he get a touch to that ball? Yes, he touched. When you see the slow motion, you can see really. You can see he touched the ball. It was fingertip on it, and uh, it was a special game because uh, Castells uh, got injured in the last ball in the warm up, and then he have to, you know, more or less play it. Uh, he, he came on on in the team. With, you know, cold without any any warmer more or less, and he did a really really good job. And you see there, I mean, when he first joined Wolfsburg, he would never he would never save that ball. I mean, we worked so hard on this. Um, um, yeah, we, we have to work so hard uh, uh, on his position, on his movement, and everything. And I have to really say, and what and what great timing because we happen to have <laughs> the goalkeeper who made this save on the show right now. Uh, Faval, can you hear us? There he is. Man, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, by the way, guys, this is a special guest right now. Uh, and I hope I don't butcher your name right now. Is it Pavel Parvan? Yes, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Pavel Parvan. <laughs> but, but it's, Pavel it's okay. Parvan. Thank you. Um, yes, yes, so it's so funny because Pascal said, I was like, should we let the audience know that he's coming on the show? And he said, no, make it a surprise. <laughs> make it a surprise that he's coming, man. Um, Pascal was just talking about, you know, your experience, uh, obviously, after, you know, this play where um, you did not know you were playing Castile's, you know, got injured at the warmups and you had to come in in that game versus Freiburg. And just, you know, I, I want to ask you, because we had a, a goalkeeper on uh, about a week ago, you know, who also was in a similar situation at against their rival. This was here in, in Major League Soccer. And 
just what went through your head when you were going in, in, into that game? Because my feeling is, and we've talked about this with Omar as well, is that, you know, any sort of number two should be preparing like they are playing in the game anyway. Yes, uh, so it, it's very easy to say that, but I think it's very hard uh, uh, to, to do it like that. I'm sorry, my English is maybe not perfect, but I'll give my best. Uh, so uh, Kuhn, when we played against Freiburg, uh, Kuhn got injured about five, ten minutes before the game. So I didn't have uh, a lot of time for, for warming my body up. So uh, it had uh, to go very fast. And uh, in those situations, uh, I just tried to, to stay calm, to concentrate on the easy things and uh, to enjoy the game. Because I don't think that it's a good idea to, to make uh, yourself pressure. So I, I didn't uh, start to, to think about the next steps, the, the chances that will be come or, or the, the, the other team. I just tried to relax myself and, and, and to enjoy the, the situation, to, to enjoy every moment. And uh, yeah, I went into the dressing room. I, I uh, went in a room where I was uh, alone for myself for about five minutes. I dressed, uh, I put on my shirt and uh, yeah, I was, I was ready to play because uh, those are the situations I waited for. I played a, a very long time in Austria and uh, it was always a dream for, for, for me to, to come to, to Germany and to play uh, against such uh, big teams and on this level. And uh, so because of that, I, I, I really tried to enjoy and I think uh, I did a good job because uh, I, I went into the game with uh, so many positive uh, um, things uh, or minds with a positive mindset. And because of that, it was uh, no problem for me to enjoy the game. I mean, look, by the way, I want to say this right now, Pavel, that um, your English is better than Omar and I's <laughs> English. So and that's my favorite thing is whenever we have guests on from other countries and they go, you know, I hope my English is good enough. And I'm like, your English is better than most of the American guests that we have on the, Thank you. On the show. But no, um, you know, it, we were we were talking earlier, you know, and uh, Pascal, if you don't mind, since since Pavel's here, I'm going to let him do a little bit of talking and, and Omar, you can you can add in it into it as well, too. We were talking about just how, you know, a lot of young goalkeepers think that moving powerfully is all about, you know, move is all about exploding and everything. And, you know, Pascal, first off, he was bringing up some great examples in regards to situations you guys have worked on in training where you've recognized that when you're still and you've developed the right positioning, you're going to be able to move better. And sometimes you don't need to move as much as you think you need to, despite the pace of the ball. Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, we are working on, on these uh, positions really every day, every day. It's just repeating and repeating. And, uh, in this game against Freiburg, when uh, Kuhn was injured, uh, I had a such, such a, a big save against, uh, against a new player from Freiburg. And uh, it was a very important save because I touched the ball only a little bit with my fingers. And I did it because of my position. So I can say if I ha would have this ball about two, three years before, I would never save the ball. But because of my position, I could make a little step and push everything I have uh, 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 with everything I have to the left side. And because of that, I, I, I could save the ball. And uh, I was so happy in this situation because I knew that I touched the ball to see Pascal because uh, that's something that uh, uh, that we train every day. And 
yeah, it 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 makes me so happy when I uh, when I can uh, show what we are doing uh, every day, and uh, yeah, those are the moments that that make make us very happy in the in this in the game. Yeah, Pavel, uh, and for Pascal too, uh, do you think I do you guys think that like creating depth or just being uh, in a position where you kind of have to just be patient is that is that what young kids are lacking nowadays? Even professional goalkeepers are lacking just like that the awareness that if you're patient, but obviously it controlled chaos where you're still moving, but your mind is clear and you're not, you know, uh, stepping towards the shot, but rather keeping yourself back. Do you feel like patience is something that as, as goalkeeper coaches and goalkeepers should be working on more of it? Yeah, I, to be fair, I, I think so. But I think you have to go a little bit more backwards. I mean, the, the most, imp the, mo the biggest problem is that sometimes the goalkeeper coaches in the younger age in the academies or lower divisions, they don't know it. I mean, because when you have the, the, the license, when you, when you, when you go on, 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 on different things, I mean, you learn just, you know, go a little bit towards a striker and the goal is becoming uh, smaller and smaller. I mean, this is like 25 years ago where, where, where it was important. I mean, the, the time changed now, you have to, you be more open-minded. You have to find your, your own way. I mean, and I, I think sometimes it's not the, the the mistake of the goalkeepers. I mean, it's more the mistake of the goalkeeper coach because I think they don't know it. I mean, they they don't think about it. What what you get because they listen. Oh, sometimes it's same with the with the outfield coaches. I mean, with the managers, they said, "Oh, he should go a little bit closer. He he, he should close him down a little bit." I mean, this is all this is all bad. I mean, he, there's no knowledge behind it. I mean. And uh, I think the, the uh, a great word for it is like they're not patient enough. I mean, they they, they struggle uh, to be patient because they want they want to do something. I mean, they 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 have problems to calm down, to stand still, to to just wait what what comes. I mean, they they can't yeah. wait. They, well, they I want to I want to bring that up with Pavel because you know you as a and I don't want to say an older goalkeeper because you're not old by any stretch. Hey, of no, the no, I know what you mean. I but you, you, you yeah. <laughs> but he's over thirty. He is old. But but you, you know <laughs> you know you you brought up the fact that you know even at a, even even as a veteran goalkeeper you know there are things that you can still change about your game and you know one thing one thing I want to recognize and I want a lot of young goalkeepers to see this is that you don't need to be bouncing up and down. You don't need to be bouncing up and down, anticipating the movement of the ball. You know, you can have maybe a little bit of a little bit of pulse. If anyone can yes. see my hand right here, hopefully, hopefully you can see it. Um, but you don't want to be a rabbit or a kangaroo up, up and down. And I think that Pavel is a problem. You even see at the highest levels with the younger goal with the younger goalkeepers. You know, coming into the first team environment, nineteen twenty, because the speed is so much faster than what they're used to. So they're trying to anticipate and react, but they get caught in the movement. Yes, you are definitely right because uh, I think you have to find this balance uh, so that you are always ready but patient. And I think when you are relaxed and you feel good, uh, uh, then you don't have to jump too much, you know, and to 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 have this pressure to come forward or something like that. You just have to relax yourself because then you can react in all directions. And uh, that's something I also had to learn when I came to Germany because the, the level in Austria where I played before is not as high as in, in Germany. And uh, I had really big, big problems when I uh, came to Germany. But uh, 
I was open-minded and I, I wanted to learn every day. And it's, it's, uh, today it's the same like when I came here. And uh, uh, I have to say that Pascal helped me a lot because uh, I always, every time when I had to play, I felt that he was trusting me. And that's so important for a goalkeeper. I never had the feeling that he's not trusting me. Maybe, maybe he was a little bit insecure, insecure in, at, at, uh, at my first game in Leverkusen. Because to be honest, it was very early. I, had, I, I, I thought at this moment, I thought that I should have uh, uh, no, or should have be a better goalkeeper to, to play against such a big team. But in the end, we won there and everything was fine. But, but he always uh, uh, gave me the feeling that he's trusting me, that he will give me the time I need to develop. And, and because of that, I always felt, uh, uh, you know, good when he was there. And, and I, I never watch, watch, uh, watch the bench and, and, and I'm never looking to the, uh, uh, for, the, for the coach. I'm always looking for Pascal because for me, it's only important what he's telling me. Of course, I'm listening to the coach, and if he says something, then of course I will listen to him. But the most important part of this team for me is Pascal because I'm working with him every day. He always tries to 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 improve us, and uh, because of that, uh, it's it's every time when I save a ball, I'm not only happy because of myself, I'm happy because of Pascal and because of our team because we have such a good uh, uh, such a good uh, feeling you know in the group and it's such a good at nice atmosphere and i think because of that we all perform you know no matter yeah. If, yeah. If, if it's cool so, no, or so now, now, or now, now pavel what i want to ask you is i want to ask you how many euros did you have to pay pascal did pascal <laughs> have to pay you for that for that endorsement a lot, uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh omar like, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah go ahead no, I just kind of, I, I want to, I'm kind of jumping into the psychology of, of, of goalkeeper coach. And then obviously as a player, and I feel like I'm going to ask both of you guys on the, on the panel here is just, do you feel like because professional football is so cutthroat that when goalkeepers shift, you know, from team to team, or if they, you know, join a new team, they can be a little bit hesitant to, to try new things and, and just really latch on to what they know about the goal, the position, the technique and all that stuff, just really latch on to what they know because, coming into a new team and trying out different things, it could go one of two ways. It could be a great addition and you get better at it. Like we see with Pavel, like you've learned so much from Pascal and the group, you guys started working with each other and getting better about depth and giving yourself space and being more patient. Or like my situation where in college, I had a young goalkeeper who uh, let's just say for lack of a better term, like his technique wasn't the best, but made amazing saves. So I was like, okay, how can I pair the amazing saves with the technical side? So in the off season, I tried to put those two things together and he, you know, pushed me to, he pushed, he put, pulled me aside and said, look, coach, I appreciate you trying to instill technique, but I'm at a point now where I'm looking terrible in practice in front of coach. I'm looking so, uh, I'm second guessing myself because I'm trying to do the proper technique to make the saves. So for Pascal, I guess, is that, does that come down to trust of the new goalkeeper coming into the new system of like, look, you know, we're going to work with what you have, but at the same time, like I need you to understand that I've been in the game long enough and I can help you optimize your set position, optimize the, the, the psychological side of the game to get you to potentially become a starter for the, for the, for the team. I mean, first of all, you have to, you have to say about everything is like, I am really, really lucky with, with my goalkeepers that my philosophy worked for them. You know, mm -hmm. if, if, I mean, if I have my philosophy and the number one goalkeeper is not performing, 
as good as he is at the moment or Pavao is performing like he does, then, you know, you don't have to lose your philosophy, but you, 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 you maybe change a little bit. But I mean, it's, it sometimes depends on, on the different numbers of goalkeepers. If you have your number one and you sign him for 10 million or 15 million, and he has a maybe a, a different technique or a different philosophy of goalkeeping. So you have to try to take his philosophy and your philosophy and then put it together that you that you have to find a good middle, a good middle way. I mean, this is so important. Otherwise, when you when you sign younger goalkeepers for number three or four, then he has to adapt your philosophy. I mean, it's sometimes a little bit yeah strange on the first team level i mean i'm very very lucky that we changed the philosophy from the old goalkeeper coach to mine and it works because kuhn was up for it and obviously pavao as as well but uh, it could go the other way as well so uh, you, you know it's it's not just you know otherwise you can say okay it's my philosophy um and and, and just look for goalkeepers who, who suit my philosophy i assign him or so it's sometimes difficult it's something difficult because you have to find a good way with the goalkeepers and otherwise yeah. it, it doesn't matter how if you train 50 times a week or or never or you just meet for the game he has to perform and I, I want I want to ask Pavel that in, sure. in regards to that Pascal because like you know obviously you're the goalkeeper right now you know and you're the one in the sessions you came over to a new club and you know obviously Pascal is I don't want to say introducing new things to you but let's just say having you look at the game in a different way um, and there's going to be a learning phase to that is there a moment in your head where you go. I'm making mistakes that I didn't make before. And you start second guessing and going, I want to go back to my old way because I feel more comfortable. Or do you go, you know what? I know that if I deal with the struggle, I'm going to get to a level I never could get to before. Maybe I won't be as good right now as I, as I was six months ago, but in a year I'm going to be at a level I've never gotten to. Uh, before I came to Wolfsburg, I played in Linz in Austria and, and I was there for eight years. I was there the captain and I was, uh, yeah, I was one of the heroes of the club. You know, the, 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 the fans loved me. Everybody in the club loved me. They were very happy with my, me and, and so on. And uh, when I uh, had the offer to come to Wolfsburg, I wanted to go there because I wanted uh, to, I wanted to give up my comfort zone. You know, I was in a comfort zone and I wanted to improve. I wanted to, to be a better goalkeeper. I wanted to, to play on a higher level. And I knew that I would be the goalkeeper number two when I go to Wolfsburg. But I was believing in myself and I thought that my chance will come and I will have some games. And because of that, I did this step. And uh, and 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 I, I would never say that it was the wrong step. Although I would maybe play many more games at my former club and also on a very good level, but I, I learned so many good things here that I'm so happy that I did this step. And of course, at the beginning, I, I made some mistakes I didn't do, but it was because I was stressed. You know, I had to think about so many things and then I couldn't save the easiest balls. And I was, you know, sometimes I, I, I came home and I, I wanted to cry because I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm so bad. What's happening with me? I can't do the easiest things. But on the other side, I knew because I felt it 
I knew that it was the right way. You know, I know that everything that Pascal told me was right because I saw it, I analyzed it, I saw videos, I saw a lot of things, and I, you know, I, I, I was feeling that it was the right way, but I just, I knew that I just have to be patient and continue and continue and repeat uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and that I would then improve, you know? And uh, yeah, that was my way. And, and, and I also think that even now, I'm now for two and a half years in Wolfsburg, I'm, I'm very open-minded. And I think that's the key, you know, that every goalkeeper is open-minded, but not only the goalkeeper, even the goalkeeper coach has to be open-minded because I'm, I'm talking very honestly to Pascal. And if, if I don't like something, I tell him, but I tell him on my way when we are alone because he trusts me and he knows that I'm only speaking because of the good of our team. And because of that, I always want to push him like he pushes me because I want to improve. I Even now, I want to be a better, better, better goalkeeper. I don't want to say, hey, it's very nice. I showed, I showed everybody what I can and now I can relax. I want to be better and, and, you know, and, and to have so many more good games and, and experiences. And yeah, because of that, I think that we all have to, 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 to improve, you know, and to learn from each other. But the first, the, the first step is to believe in what the goalkeeper coach is saying when you see that he is right and you feel it. I think every goalkeeper feels what, what's, what's right. You know, I, I love what you're saying right here, man. And I, and, you know, and Omar, you know, I want to, I want to, um, you know, talk to you, by the way, first off guys, I appreciate you guys taking this time in the middle of champions league because literally <laughs> everybody else, everybody's probably has the TV on at the same time and everything guys. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, no spoilers. I'm, 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 I've got the games, uh, that I'm going to watch, watch later. So I'm hoping they're good. But, uh, but I want to say this, Omar, is that the fact that, you know, Pavel brought up that he also wants to challenge the goalkeeper coach. I think that's something really important. And I think that's something that, that young goalkeeper coaches need to hear as well too, that if goalkeepers are questioning them, it's not because they are against them. It's because they want to get better and they want to grow. And so they want to get the most out of you. I, I need to, feedback as well from the goalkeepers because uh, I can do my sessions day in day out and, and think it's right and they think what the hell are you doing with us I mean uh, and, and we just have to f find a good way I mean to ask him if it is if that is that okay can we change a little bit uh, uh, what do you think because I mean Pavao is my my longer arm in the team. I mean, I, I, I trust him because he is so important for everybody. He's so important for me. He's so important for the younger ones as number three or number four. Uh, he's so important for num for the number one because, and that's so important. They, the number one and number two in our club, they have so much trust to each other. It, it helps that both goalkeepers can perform and, 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 and do a good job. And it's not like, uh, obviously, both want to play. But at our club, it's important. We have a number one. He's really good. We have a number two is really good. Uh, and uh, and uh, the number two, I can tell every goalkeeper coach in the world, the number two is the, the most important goalkeeper in the, in the goalkeeper group. It's sometimes more important than everybody else because it's so important for the, for the, for the goalkeeper group, for the dressing room, for the coach, for the goalkeeper coach, uh, for for everything, and uh, and that's what I want to say is as well. 
I mean, I knew when Pavao came from Austria to Germany, he's not, he's not, I have to say, to be honest, he's not good enough to play straight away Bundesliga. I mean, I knew it because it's a different level. Everybody was like, oh my God, well, how fast is it here? Because we, we, we're playing at the highest level. But I know and I have confidence enough to say, listen, there's a good challenge. I know he's a good personality to progress. I know that I think I'm good. I'm, I'm a good goalkeeper coach and, and, and then leave it to me and, and I get him. I'm getting there where I want him to, to be. And now he played over, you know, he played nearly 30 games for us in, in, in Europe and in and, and the cup and in the Bundesliga and it's so well. And I have to say, to be honest, it's not like because uh, I, I like every, I, I like him and, and he's now here. I mean, when you see our 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 two goalkeepers, uh, I, I hardly find it in the Bundesliga, in the different different clubs where we have the same standards. No, no, I think that's like, everything Pascal just said is is right on point. I think that's the uh, that's the right approach as well. And I think even Pascal said something earlier in the episode about you know. You're, he's constantly going to different, you know, different uh, goalkeeper coaches across the Bundesliga, across different leagues, and learning from them as well. And I think when you're challenged by your your goalkeepers and you're challenged, for me at least, when I post on social media early on, I would post my methodologies and my ideas, and people would challenge me, and I got really self-conscious about it. I'm like, oh damn, well, you know, do they not see credibility in what I'm saying? And then I realized, like, no, like every top goalkeeper coach, any goalkeeper coach that wants to be taken seriously needs to be able to back up everything that they're posting or every, everything that they're teaching their goalkeepers. And from what Pavel is saying, it just seems like Pascal has not only done his own research, but has been open and receptive to have other people criticize him. And he's criticized other people and they've discussed it and understood the reasonings behind his teachings. And I think that is the number one way to, to gain the trust of your goalkeeping unit is to not only tell someone what to do, but like, look, this is, I'm going to keep following up on this because I know this is going to work. And if it's not something you're comfortable with, you tell me. I'm going to figure out a way where we can find a good balance between you and I and make sure that I, I have trust in you. You have trust in me that I have your best interest in mind. And I think that's the best way to go about it. And I think what's holding a lot of people back and what held me back for so long is not wanting that uh, constructive criticism. And Mike, you know, like you're one of my mentors and I would ask you certain things and you would be very blunt about things. And I would be like, well, that's not what I want to hear, but it's what I needed to hear. So I think that's the best thing for having a goalkeeping unit and having the trust is not telling them what they want to hear, but at the same time too, what they need to hear, but with respect and the way you say it. You brought up something right there, Omar, that I think is, is really good. And, and Pavel, I I, I, I want to ask you this about about this because you know obviously Pascal, as as a goalkeeper coach, we we try to educate ourselves consistently and go to different conventions and licenses and and everything like that. I personally look not like I was the greatest goalkeeper in the world. You know, I sat on a lot of benches in my professional career, um, which there's nothing wrong with playing start being on benches. You know, I wasn't at the level of you, Pavel. I was sitting on worse oh. benches. So, uh, but uh, bench but, is bench. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I guess you're right. Mine were metal though. Yours are nice and soft, cushy chairs. <laughs> you got the high level ones uh, with the Volkswagen logo. Um, but uh, I feel that as a as a goalkeeper who's playing, you need to be educating yourself on the position too. You can't just expect everything that you're learning to come from the goalkeeper coach. And that's not a disrespect towards the goalkeeper coach, Pascal, but that's more of just like what you expect out of yourself. And like you're saying, challenge the goalkeeper coach, challenge yourself. The more student of the game you become, you know, the more you're going to be able to bring to your game independently. I never wanted my goalkeepers, and I don't want to say the word my goalkeepers, goalkeepers I work with, to be dependent on me to be good goalkeepers. 
no you're you're definitely right you have uh, like you said you have to challenge not uh, not only yourself even the goalkeeper coach and 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 you also have to talk you know with with your teammates because everybody sees something different you know i'm not only speaking to pascal when i think that i'm doing something bad i i also speak with the number one or the number three or the number four and i think that you never you 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 can't stop learning you know otherwise somebody else will take your place you know and 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 i'm giving my best you know to 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 stay the number two or to be the number one you never know i i i i trust uh, myself so much that i that i believe that i can do everything you know and uh yeah i think i think everything is just a mental thing so you 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 have to do so much more than just only do the goalkeeper training and to think that this will be enough so you have to find your way no i think that's so important you need you know the the professionals are are responsible for themselves i mean we can just help and go with them but uh, at the end it's just down to him or to the other players to to do the best i mean uh, it's no point to tell him you have to go three times in the gym and and doing this and eat this and and get enough sleep i mean I mean, he's old enough, and you have to be honest. I mean, you can you can you can do it more and more in the academy level, but in the first team level, you tell him once, you tell him twice, and if he doesn't do it, then you you out, and somebody else comes in because another one will do it what you want. I mean, and uh, but it's just trust be- between us. They know that I'm quite straightforward, quite you know direct with them, uh, but but uh, you know honest. Um, and uh, I have to say as well, everybody got targets. I mean, the, the, the club got targets, uh, the goalkeepers have targets. I have targets myself. I mean, and it's so, so important. And, and, and if they perform, I have a good life. If they, I've, I do a good job with them, they have a good life. I mean, we, we you know, we live from each other. I mean, this is so important. I mean, uh, yeah. and, and, and otherwise it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, yeah. the the first team the first team level is uh, quite, you know, sometimes quite bad and criminal. I have to say, when you when you, when you come across with all the money and and and, but at least you know, we try and and this is what I have to say. We try to be being humans. We try to be honest. We try to 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 work as a team. Uh, if other clubs do it different, or the number one is um, just looking for him after himself, or whatever. I, I can't deal with it. So, but I I want a, a good group, a, a good solid group, and uh, I don't I, I don't like it when they say every day to me yes Pascal yes Pascal I I want a, a good a conversation and uh, they don't have to share my opinion every day. I mean yeah. uh, I'm I'm not sitting in the if they have a different opinion I'm not sitting in the corner and cry. I mean uh, it's just. Um, yeah, it's just it's just life. You know, well, you're we, stronger than I am because I'm sitting in the corner and crying. I'm, no, I, I won't, I <laughs> I'm going. What am I doing wrong? Um, well, 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 guys. Uh, honestly, I'm. I mean, Pavel, if, if you're ever down, we'd love to have you back on the show, man. Just yourself, and we can break down some of your games and every, everything like that. You know, the the really the one thing that we really love about this show is that we try to make it more of a goalkeeping community where we all can talk honestly as goalkeepers. And I really appreciate both you and and Pascal being so open and honest as opposed to the media answers, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, but you know, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. I, of course I know. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys know real, real well, but um, 
but but Omar, is there anything you want to add on on to that before before we start start wrapping up and, and let these guys get some get some sleep because uh no, you know I mean, just one one thing one yeah. to say one thing to say as well. I mean if we I mean this this what what I'm I'm I, I stand for. I mean if I get a new goalkeeper in or we sign somebody or we re-release somebody, I mean there's always quite straightforward and clear. I mean, uh, I would not say one day yes or the next say they uh, they uh, no. I mean, I'm, I I like to be very open with them. You know, it's it's not like always funny and it's not like always uh, enjoyable. I mean, this is business, this is work, um, and um, but um, you know, and this is so so important. I mean, we we, we me and Pavao are talking every day. I mean, what's happened after his career? How long he wants to play? How good he feels? And and I mean. And and I think I I earn I or they I earn them an honest opinion. And this is so for me so important. I mean, if if we go different ways in five years time, then we meet and think what a great time we had. I mean, this is so important. I mean, I'm not everybody's darling, but uh, I, I I try to be honest and and work hard and get them to the next level. And this is I think it it, it works quite well at the moment. Yeah. Mar, anything you want to finish off with, or Pavel? No, I think I think again, uh, uh, for us, you know, you know, content creators, or for us coaches, and uh, for any young goalkeepers that are listening, it's like Mike said, it's really nice that you guys came on here and we're really transparent. I think that's uh, just you know, hearing Pavel, like you said, you wanted you were a hero at one club, and then you realized you hit your ceiling there, and you wanted to try something new, and you knew it wasn't going to be beautiful, it wasn't going to be perfect, but you were willing to take make that sacrifice to challenge yourself and not be complacent and move on to the next stage, um, which is, again, it's, it's super important for young goalkeepers to hear that because we get kids all the time who say, Hey, I'm on a lesser team or I want to be on the better team, but I'm not going to be the starter. Should I be on the lesser team and be the starter and get my reps? And we always tell them, yes, go to the lesser team, play all the minutes, learn, learn, learn. And then eventually you can, you know, like we talk about with patience, have a plan, perseverance, and then you can get to that next level. But a lot of people don't have that awareness. So luckily for us, having people like yourselves on um, give, gives us that ability to see that it's work for somebody at the next level and that it's not just uh, something you read in a book or a quote you read online and it magically happens. There's actually a process to that. And the goalkeeper coach is just as much involved in that process as the goalkeeper itself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and guys, you know, um, for both, both you Val and, and, uh, and Pascal right here, if anybody out there wants to connect with you guys, maybe they want to, you know, check out some of your sessions, Pascal or Pavel, you know, they want to, they want to see a little bit more of what the life of a Bundesliga, you know, goalkeeper is like, you know, where's the best place on social media for them to, to check you out. Uh, for me, you know, you can, you know, first of all, I, you know, what I, what I like to do is to, what I do always with a workshop to give, give my email address out. I mean, this is when somebody's really interesting and, and have questions or whatever, they can always contact me. Um, obviously on, on Instagram, on Facebook, I mean, uh, you, you found me, you added me. Um, I'm, I'm more than welcome. Everybody's more than welcome to, I help out. Um, I, I try to do what I can to give answers, uh, to, to show videos. I mean, there's nothing top secret what we do. I mean, I, I said before, I keep, I keep it simple. Uh, it's nothing special what you haven't seen before, but just is the, the quality and, uh, and the detail, what, what gets him to, what get our goalkeepers to the next level. I mean, um, and this is what I try to, to explain to everybody. I mean, if somebody wants to contact me, please do it, do it, do it. 
uh, I try to answer everything and um, you know I'm, I, I've, I want everybody more than welcome to to be in touch. That's awesome man and Pavel where, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm uh, I'm not active on social media. I, I have an Instagram account, but uh, I don't post uh, anything. I'm just watching, you know, the goalkeeper <laughs> exercises on Instagram and stuff. So you're just watching Pro GK but Academy. You're just me. watching Omar's videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do really. So uh, oh, you I do? Post, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. I, I I watch everything I can see on on Instagram. Oh, that's and awesome. And today uh, today you can see everything. So and find everything. So it's not not even hard you know if you are interested in that it's no problem to find it and uh, i i like you know i like the explanations uh, under the video why the goalkeepers are doing that and that and because of that i'm watching it reading it uh, reading some comments you know to see what other goalkeepers uh, say and how do they see the situation but uh, i'm uh, like pascal you know i can give you guys uh, my my email and everybody can uh, send me an email and i will of course answer it and that it will be no problem and i would be very happy if we could uh, meet us one time live you know you never know i mean maybe we are sure. in the trust or, me or when, when all of this craziness ends we have yes. a whole European tour plan. We've got some big plans yeah. in the future, you don't see? we, Omar? Yeah, we do. Yeah, you see, <laughs> <laughs> would be very nice because I think uh, we could uh, speak for hours and it would not be boring. So, well, yeah, and then Omar and I can work on our German too. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's something we uh, we but, need to do. But I have to say that next next year at this time. Uh, uh, we will not uh, be able to do this podcast because we will be playing Champions League. So there you go. We have to look yeah. for another day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, well that, that's incredible, man. And Omar, you must be, make you feel good to know that one person's watching your videos. That's really good. To... <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that makes me definitely happy. Uh, well, no, guys, no. remember if, if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, contact at inside the eighteen. That's the number eighteen media.com at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. Shout out to everybody in Germany, by the way, who are insiders. Uh, we've we've been recognizing how many fans we have that we didn't even recognize, which is stories being posted uh, of us in German. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what this says, but I hope it's good. I hope it's good, and I hope that they're enjoying the show. Um, that's all the time on Inside the 18, guys. Uh, go enjoy the Champions League, and we are out. Yeah.